across the UK, online and on DAB. Who has made a covenant with the night and with the darkness he is in agreement. Uncut after hours conversation for the up all night generation. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, I'm off next week. I- I- Ian Lee, the late night alternative, by the way. I'm off next week, and oh, it seems that we have crammed in absolutely shed loads of guests for the next three nights. Uh, tonight, we've got Arlene Phillips and another sex bot man. Um, tomorrow, who have we got tomorrow? Tomorrow, we've got Mark Lewison, um, the uh, author and biographer. And we, ha- who else have we got tomorrow? Kath, we might have Mark... Oh, no. Oh, oh I'm... Anyway, Friday, we've got Mark... Mike Stock. I'm getting so confused. Mike Stock from Stock Aitken and Waterman. And also Robin Asquith. We've got someone else. Oh, tomorrow we've got the lady from day five. That's who we've got. That's who we've got. But we're going to kick off with a guest. You're welcome to join in, by the way. 0344-499-1000. Remember last week... We were raving uh, about Dog Day Afternoon because one of you, dear listeners, on, on Twitter had heard us... Oh, look, there's a squash spider in mine. Look at that. There's a squash spider. Isn't that, I wonder if that's... Oh, that's disgusting. Um, uh, what you would have heard us uh, talking about Dog Day Afternoon, one of the greatest movies of all time, my second favourite film. Um, and someone tweeted me saying, you know they're doing a, a free screening of it in, in a cinema near you. And um, they were. And me and Kath went along. I've seen it a handful of times. She'd never seen it. And it was superb. It was even better than I remember. It was funnier than I remember. And the ending was just as shocking as I remember. And while we were there, I knew there's no such thing as a free lunch. And we got in there with our free tickets. And in the corner, there's a guy with a little stall selling books. I thought, here's the con. Here's the catch. This is it. Right, I see. It's like the, uh, the timeshare, isn't it? You Come, come and have a, a free afternoon. And then you end up spending £3,000. I didn't spend £3,000. I spent, I think, seven ninety nine. Which, for a book this big, even if it was no good, it would be worth that money. But it's, it's cracking. It's called Al Pacino, The Movies Behind the Man. It's Mark Serby. Serby, have I got pronounced that right? Yeah, that's right. Will that do? Yeah, that's fine. Mark has joined me. Hello. Um, I've, got one, I've got one criticism about the book. One complaint. And, okay. And we're going to get to it. Okay. Do you know where I'm going to go with this? Um, I think possibly yes. Go on. I think it's the general criticism that most people have said is that it doesn't finish with an interview with the man himself. No, it's not that. Oh, really? It's more basic than that. Uh Uh-oh. There's no page numbers. Ah. But there's no page numbers, so I'm looking through the index going, right, I want to go straight to Jack and Jill, and then I've got a flick... I mean, in the great scheme of things, I'm just saying, for the second edition... Yeah. Or maybe while we're talking, could you do... Do you want me to write them in? Could you write... (laughs) The page numbers in, it just... It's not a problem. Give me a pen. I'll start doing it now. Um, how many films has Al Pacino made, and how many of them did you watch? Uh, I watched them all. <laughs> he's done oh, he's done 54 films oh. that have been released. Oh. He's got a couple more to go as well. Is that all? I thought that w- would have been a lot more than no, that. No, no. It's just because of how long they are. That's what you're <laughs> thinking. You know, The Godfather, Godfather 2. You're thinking there's probably about four yeah. or five films in there yeah. all together. Why did you do it? Because I'd always been a huge, huge fan of Al Pacino. I remember uh, way back when I was uh, a wee teenager, you know, living with my mum, she used to have to go to the shop across the road and rent Scent of a Woman because I wasn't old enough. Wow. Yeah, I was like 12, 13, and it was a 15 at the time. So every weekend I would watch Scent of a Woman. She would have to rent it for me. Um, It's an unusual one to fixate on, isn't it? Yeah, kind of. Well, all I knew was that here was this man shouting at these school 
school teachers. Yeah, yeah. And that really, you know, I was like, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Stick it to the guys and whatever. Obviously, I didn't get all the subtle nuances with the fa- uh, the surrogate father son yep. thing going on. All I knew was. This is great. I love this. Um, and even at two and a half hours, it, it never bothered yeah. me at all. And then it sort of progressed from there, and I started to buy some of the DVDs and the VHSs. And then there was a time around the mid-noughties where some of his films weren't being released here at the same time in the, in, in the US. Yeah. So then I'd spend stupid amounts of money getting these DVDs, getting these VHSs imported mm. just to see them. Um, and then I realised that actually I seem to be the only person who's sticking up for Pacino during his uh, dodgy period. The fallow years in terms of quality. Yes. 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 Um, so I was sticking up for him. I went out drinking one night with an old editor of mine who yeah. said to me, you know more about Pacino than anybody you should write a book i'm like no there's there's already two great books one of them is the authorized biography by lawrence grobel now as well. I was, i'm glad you mentioned because I, I, I wouldn't i'm going away next week i wouldn't mind a decent pacino biography but that one you've mentioned that's not a biography is it that's um that's just like interviews and that's things. a series of interviews through the 30 years that lawrence has known him right um and they're, they're staggered through different Decades, the word authorised. I just think I'm not going to get the drugs and sex <laughs> uh, that I want. That I want from my Hollywood movie stars. Is there mm. is there one that gives me the dirt? What book would give me the dirt? There isn't really. That's the thing. You know, I mean, he he had some uh, how should we say sex and drugs and rock and roll years yep. in in the seventies, but then he really struggled with alcoholism. Wow! And basically swore off everything, and that was it. Gosh! So by the time of uh, Scarface and Sea of Love, so by the mid eighties, he yeah. was he was off everything. Wow. Really. So you're not going to get it, I'm afraid. You're going to get it for probably about ten years. After that, you're only going to get the stories about the films because that's that's the man. Yeah. You know, he he really only cares about making films or being on stage. Yeah. That's it. Interesting, you because when I was um, when I was renting um, like Bruce Lee films when they were X-rated on yeah. on Betamax. The video store would just let me take them, and I was <laughs> I was eleven. I was eleven years old, and I'd go into to um, Beta City. Um, on the Farnham Road, and and they just rent them to me. The old oh. days, the old days. I'm, I miss those days. Of I, get, I, I think eleven year olds should be able to watch X rated and eighteen rated movies. I don't have a problem with that. Well, not. it never did me any harm, and I've written a book. You're a writer for crying out there loud. There we go. You see, you've you've lived. Um, I, I, this book is brilliant, okay, and it is, it is genuinely brilliant. Thank okay? you. We only get people on. I did say when I bought it. Look, if it's any good, um, <laughs> you can come on. If you don't hear from me again, well, maybe, you know, write another book. <laughs> um, but it is great. And um, I dove straight into the dog day afternoon because yeah. I, I, I don't know anything really about Pacino. But then I did that thing that I think a lot of my listeners. I've, I've gone straight for the stinkers. Okay, I've gone for the stinkers. Okay, and the film that uh, when I saw the trailer in the cinema a few years ago, it was a real what the Jack and Jill. Yeah. Now I like Adam Sandler. I've always liked Adam Sandler. I think Happy Gilmore. Yes, is one of the funniest films I have. Ever seen and people go well. Adam Sandler go yeah. You know, Happy Gilmore is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, but now he seems to be churning them out for Netflix of a very low standard. So when I saw Al Pacino in what looked like a terrible Adam Sandler film, <laughs> and it is you, you saying here it's a stinker. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I, I'm quite happy to give criticism to some of the bad films that he's made. You know, yeah. I, I, even though I'm a huge fan and I've written this book, he's not beyond criticism from me yeah. at all. But who thinks that it's a good, you know, who thinks that it's a good idea for Adam Sandler to dress as a woman to romance Al Pacino? Nobody would think that, mm. apart from Adam Sandler. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they like I, I interviewed um, Dennis Duggan, the director, in there, and yeah. I said to him, "What did Pacino say when all of this sort of came about?" And he just went, "Yeah, okay." Yeah, great. That sounds like fun. Because Pacino had always wanted to be a comedian. Yeah. All the way back from, like, his, his well, when he was living with his mum, when he was just a child, mm. that he said to his mum, I want to be a clown. That yeah. was the first thing he said. So he's always wanted to do these comedy films. Yeah. Yet we all know him for the intensity, you know, The Godfather and Dog Day Afternoon and Serpico and all of those. So when he does go out and do comedy, it kind of feels like... His release back from when he was a child. I was saying that as well. I, I, I'd forgotten. It was interesting watching Dog Day Afternoon um, with an audience because the first hour is packed full of gags. Yeah. Packed full of laughs. I mean, the, 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 mainly because they are bungling. That the, the <laughs> delicious moment where he's getting the gun out of the, the, the wrapping, the box. At the box, yeah. And it, it's just like fun. It's hilarious. Yeah. And then he's got a bit of ribbon hanging out. It's just so delicious. But, I mean, it's uh, the Dog Day Afternoon, I think, is way ahead of its time with the whole trans issues and yeah. uh, gender and stuff like that. It's incredible. He's never had... You, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think he's... Because De Niro, for me, one of my favourite De Niro films is Midnight Run. Yeah, love Which it. is a laugh-out-loud, yep. rollicking, buddy comedy, yep. but absolutely filthy. Do you remember when they used to show that? They'd sometimes show it at, like, 5.45 on a Saturday afternoon, and they'd dub over all the swear words. <laughs> it was all, like, Mother Fluffer and stuff like that. Um, so the first time I saw it on VHS, it was like, wow, this is very... But Pacino's never had a movie like that, has he? I would disagree with you. Go on. Danny Collins, because Danny Collins... Controversial. Well, no, I don't think it is. I think it's a laugh-out-loud funny comedy because it is a film about Al Pacino. Yeah. As much as it's based on a true story about a folk singer in England, Pacino is just playing a heightened version of himself. So, like, there's a brilliant moment in it where he's trying to romance Annette Benin, who's uh, running this hotel, and he says to her... He's got this wonderful three-piece suit on, and he says to her... How do I look? And she goes, yeah, you look all right. He goes, nah, I look sharp. <laughs> you know, it, it is a good film. It's very funny. I enjoyed Danny Collins. I didn't think it was laugh-out-loud hilarious. I thought it was a, a, a thoroughly enjoyable way to pass two hours. Did you cry at the end, though? Oh, yeah, of course yeah, I Yeah, of did. course, everybody has to. Oh, mate, I'm a, I'm a complete sap for, <laughs> for endings like that. And it was fun seeing him sing a rip-off of Sweet Caroline. Yes. Um, in front, And, I, I, and I've, I've read the, the entry in here about the book, and... and um, I, I was then YouTubing that concert, the Chicago concert, yes. um, at the Greek Theatre, where he, he comes out and it's, it's supposed to be an Al Pacino, Danny Collins, Al Pacino yeah. concert. And um, he, he's having a great time yeah, in yeah. front of that audience. Yeah, that's the thing. I think he's got to the point now where he's like, I'm just going to have a good time. Yeah. Come what may. Yeah. I'm going to have a good time. Um, put your headphones on. Um, I, I, I'm suspecting this isn't a call for you, but we'll, we'll find out. Good evening, Alan. Evening, Ian. Good evening. Would you like to say hello to my, my guest, Mark? Good evening, Mark. Hello. Are you an Al Pacino fan, Alan? I was watching Godfather Part 2. Oh. One of the best films ever. It is, and um, it is a good film, Godfather Part uh, Part 2. Um, what, what's your, what's your favourite bit from it, Alan? Have to be with, with the horse's head. Oh, yeah, that is a naughty bit. Where do you stand on Godfather Part 3, Alan? I 
I've yet to see Godfather Five because I was watching him in chronological order. Yeah, don't don't bother. It's boring. I was so. I've dis- got a bit of a question for you, Ian. Oh yeah, go on. You know you're off next week. Yes, sir. Who's coming? Or is it Five Nights at the Best of? Uh, nobody's nobody's on next week. They, they decided they couldn't find anybody um, good enough to uh, to fill. So next week the radio uh, station is going to close at ten p.m. Monday to Friday. I hope that answers your question, Alan. Thank you. Thank you. There we go. That's uh, that's that. Um, yeah, Godfather Part Three. That was, yep. I mean, uh, famously, it's a stick. It's a, what a dull movie that is. No, I go for it in the book a little bit. You know, I, I say it's not a great film. If there were page numbers, I would flick to it now and <laughs> quote, but it would take me a few minutes. So I, I do won't. stick up for it in the book. Really? It's got to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're struggling against Godfather One, Godfather Part Two. You know, these are yep. two masterpieces. And Francis Ford Coppola does say this is an epilogue. It is not. Isn't it Adam Garcia or something? It's just Andy Garcia. Andy Garcia. It's yeah. Just, and it's, uh, uh, it's, I, I'm not one of those, you know, I'm not, I, I came to The Godfather quite, quite late. I don't think I watched them until about eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there, I seem to remember as a kid, that they did a, a TV version where they edited it... Yes, they cro- did. ...chronologically. Yes, they did. did they, yeah. they did that, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they actually did it. It was HBO who did it. What a strange thing to do. Bizarrely, I haven't seen it. No. Because they don't show it here, and you could only buy it on VHS tape from America and get it shipped over, and I was yeah. thinking, I don't really want to pay that much money. But some people have said, actually, it works very well. <laughs> I don't know if I want to take that chance. No. So all the, the, the Robert De Niro bits kind of happen... It's a, anyway, it's a weird thing. I think my dad might have had a pirate copy of it. I <laughs> seem to remember that being the, the case. Let again. I think. Don't think this is call call his female. Please don't take it personally. It might be. Good evening, Andre. Oh, yeah, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> oh, sorry, Ian. Sorry. What was this? Pirates yes. of the Caribbean. I, I don't think Al Pacino's in that, is he? No, is that the film you had? Did you say no? <laughs> well, yeah. Yes. Okay, Andre. Yes. Yeah, what I was going to say... What's, now, um, what's your favourite Al Pacino film? Uh, I don't really know, man. I haven't really thought about it today. <laughs> OK, well, you have a think about it and you get back in touch. Um, but you're regretting coming in now, Mark, <laughs> aren't you? Uh, listen, we'll take a quick break. Uh, the book is called Al Pacino, The Movies Behind the Man. I've just tweeted the link. Um, you can get it on Amazon, you can get it on eBay. We'll, we'll give out all the places by Mark Serby, and um, it's, a, it's a fab read. 0344 499 Back after this. Stimulating nightly emissions guaranteed to open your eyes and your mind. Oh, my word. It's the Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Um... I've got Mark Serby here, who's written a book, Al Pacino, The Movies Behind the Man. It hasn't got page numbers, but, you know, it g- give you something to do. If you get it, for, if you buy it for someone for Christmas, it's something to do sort of in that week in between Christmas and New Year. That's it? exactly why I left it. Well done, you there see. There we go. You've, 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 clever. <laughs> uh, Pot says, what does Mark think of Al Pacino in Ocean's 13? I've never seen any of the Ocean's uh-huh. remakes. Does he play himself in it? Um, because isn't that the one where there's there's a, Julia Roberts plays someone who looks like Julia Roberts? Is that in the Oceans film? That's the uh, that's Oceans Twelve. Okay, right. So yeah, Oceans Thirteen. I love Pacino in this because he's so outlandish. Yeah. And when um when they were going to make the film, he went to his dresser and uh, his makeup artist and said, 
I feel like he should be covered in gold. Oh. So throughout the whole film, he's kind of bathed in this gold. Yeah. And yeah, he just sort of stalks around. You know, he's the guy who owns the casino that Danny Ocean's going to rip off. Yeah. Um, and it is just one of those classic heist movies with lots of comedy. He, yeah, okay, he's on the brunt. Uh, you know, he's on the. He's got lots of jokes against him and stuff yeah. like that. But I think he's great in it. I really like. It. I actually like that one. I don't think it's as good as Eleven. Right. But it's better than Twelve. How tall is he? He's not very tall. No, he's not, is he? No, I would say he's probably about 5'4", which is about the same height as me. Wow, that's tiny. Yeah, I... Well, the th- <laughs> sorry, 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 it sounded really That's rude. okay. No, that's fine. Well, the, I, the kind of the way I knew this was when I launched the book, my wonderful girlfriend bought me a life-size cutout of Al Pacino. <laughs> oh, fantastic. So I had to have my photo next to him, and everybody was going, oh, you're both the same height. I'm like, yeah. I don't know if that's a positive or a <laughs> negative. Uh, we got... Dredge will have a sensible contribution to the show, won't you, Dredge? Yeah, I've got a sensible contribution. At last, I'm, I feel embarrassed for our guest. Go on, Dredge, what you got? Well, what, 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 do, you, what do your guests think of Glengarry Glen Ross? Oh, Glengarry, uh, now I haven't watched, I, we watched that when I was at university because it was, it was the film to be seen to be watching. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember it very well. What do you reckon? Uh, one of the greatest ensemble pieces ever. Yeah. You would never get an ensemble piece like that nowadays where it's just talking. Yeah. You know, Aaron, Aaron Sorkin does things like this, but there's still a little bit of action or there's still a little bit of thing. This is all set in one room, really. Yeah. You know, and Pacino, is not the main focus of it. And yet, then we, everybody remembers Alec Baldwin. He's only in the film for ten minutes, yet he, he steals the entire film. Yeah. But it's very difficult to pull out one performance better than the other. They are all at the top of their game. Really are. I think it's a fantastic film. Are you a fan of it, Dredge? No, a load of rubbish. Only joking, <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. I mean, it's absolutely... It's so intensely absorbing all the way through. Another thing I'd like to ask... Has Mark ever seen something called The Strike, which is a comic strip film in which Peter Richardson oh, plays yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah, have you seen I, that? I haven't. People have told me about this. I haven't I seen that. it. That's good, though, isn't it? It's so funny because he's playing... Al Pacino is meant to be playing Arthur Scargill. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That's the concept. And he's saying things like he gets very annoyed with um, Meryl Streep for peeling an orange because she's upstaging him doing this. What, uh, Dredge, thank you very much for that. What is the, uh, I'm going to find a clip of it. What's the film where he, um, he does the, uh, Cockney accent? Oh, oh, you're not going to, no, yeah, you yeah. can't play yeah. this. No, you can't play, can't play it. No, I'm playing it. Uh, it, I'm playing it. <laughs> it's Chinese coffee. Chinese coffee. Uh, 60 minute film. And yeah, it's, uh. No, oh, hang on. No, no, no. This is the local stigmatic. Oh, sorry. The local, local stigmatic. It's because it came in like this weird box set where it was, they're both 60 minute films. Right. Okay. I'm, I'm going to play it because we played it before. This is one of our favorite clips on the show. This is Al Pacino. Messing about. Moving the flesh about on it. I was just going in. I had my three and six ready, mate, when he come up to me. I'm in with Hancock's, the trainers, and I'll give you two. Two for the third race. Come on, you just make it. So I pulled out this inordinately large sum of money, which he immediately grabbed, you see, right? And he'd give me two. Hermosa of Selzden as number one and Polish Otto. Hermosa of Selzden, right? It is, I mean... It's horrible. He's one of the greatest actors in the world. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it looks and sounds like a, a, a bad drama student doing an audition piece. <laughs> he can't do accents. 
It's you New, can't, it's can New York or nothing, basically. Yeah, it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. So what was so what you saying? This was th- th- an hour-long film. Yeah, he made this and he made Chinese Coffee, which are these like hour-long. They're, they're not even feature films. They're sort of like pet projects for yeah. him, passion projects that he made. That um, he just. It, I mean, it spent so long in his house. He never showed it to anybody. And about ten years ago in the US, they put out this wonderful box set which was Looking for Richard, the local stigmatic and Chinese oh, Looking conflict. for Richard's a great film. It's great. If if you don't like Shakespeare, watch that film. Yeah. Because you really do understand Shakespeare and, and how an American is trying to understand Shakespeare as yeah. well. Um, so, that yeah, he'd made these little, small films and didn't really want to show anybody. Yeah. And I think eventually he got convinced to actually release them in a box set. Uh-oh. And then, obviously... That appeared online, and everybody found it hyster. Well, everybody who's in England finds it hysterical. It's three and six, Ray. It's, yeah, it's all, it's all out. It's a bit of Irish, bit of Italian. But it's it's um. Yeah, it's stinky. not great. And the worst thing is, he, he's got this terrible look as well. He's yep. got like this granddad shirt on. Yep. He's got these massive, uh, like frameless glasses yep. as well. Just doesn't do anything for him. He's got this terrible accent as well. It's not that it's a bad film. Actually, yep. it's quite interesting. I just wish he wouldn't have done that accent. I don't... Here's the thing, and we were talking about this before. Him and De Niro, mm-hmm. what the hell is going on with them? What is going on with them? Because the crap that they churn out. Now, I'm, I remember... I'm, I'm old enough to remember when a new De Niro or Pacino film was still a... Wow, you know... Yeah. Just, I just got caught the tail end of that yeah. thing. Um, uh, but but now, you know, there, there seems to be a new... De, De Niro more so than Pacino. Yeah. Because De Niro, you just go online and suddenly there's five new Robert De Niro films. You think, jeez. But I... What is going on with those guys? Two of the greatest actors. Now, you, I always think of them together because I think they're very similar in, you know, in method and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, just churning out absolute tosh, mainly. Yeah, I don't know. In all honesty, I think it's a, it's very different for De Niro because, you know, as you said, he's got five more films out or something like that. Yeah. So he's clearly being offered all of these roles. I don't think Pacino's being offered that many roles nowadays. Yeah. Um, so he's making, he's still making films. He's making these small films, you know, like Manglehorn he made, which came out a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, Wild Salome, which took him four years to make and uh, it's only available here in the UK. Gosh. So, he's making films, um, it's just the fact that they're not big, big films. You mentioned, there's, um, uh, and I don't want this to be a complete, let's just name all the crap films, but let me name, name one more crap film, then we'll, we'll, we'll try and find some hidden okay, treasures. Great. I don't want it to be all that. But you mentioned, I was looking at Misconduct uh, yeah. in here, and, um, uh, 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 you know, it gets an absolute panning, and I always look at, IMDB for me is kind of my thing. If, if, if a movie gets over 6.7 on IMDB, I'm in. Okay. I, I can go with that. And it gets 5.2. Um, and you say it's something like it only got released in about five cinemas in the UK and made about, made about 90 quid or something. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They, I think they knew they'd got a stinker. I yeah. mean, it was out in the US a long time before here. I'd, I had purchased the DVD and got it imported before it even came out here. Mm. So I already knew that it was bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> but they, ju- they just released it. Like, I think it was a cinema in Bradford and then uh, one in Yorkshire. It wasn't released here in the uh, in London at all and then yeah made less than a hundred quid but to be fair it also went on demand as well so you could watch it at home but they don't give you the figures for how many people actually no. watch that give give us give us a couple of films that we might have missed that are actually hidden treasures give okay it, give us something that we can go oh yes well uh, that's my weekend sorted then well Simone 
Go on. I'll I think is yeah. I think it's ripened into a very interesting film. Yeah. Uh, when it came out in two thousand two, it sort of got pushed to the side. It got decent reviews, but it got pushed to the side. It's about uh, Pacino plays this uh, film director who creates an actor. He creates this female actor Ooh. on the computer oh, and yet oh. pretends that she's real. I mean, So he kind of loses it. It's a very, like, uh, Frankenstein-esque story. Yeah. So I think Simone is great. Sounds a bit more like weird science to me. It could be. Well, it could is... be. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I do like Simone. Yeah. I've got a very soft spot for that. I yeah. think it's very funny as well. There's a lot of humour in that. Um, in terms of other films... It never gets spoken about, which is a shame because it was his big comeback film. I'm going to say Sea of Love. Okay. Him and Ellen Barkin steaming up the screen. I mean, it's the one time where you actually see him completely naked, um, if you're into that. Well, do you know what? I am. Okay, well, there we go. I'd love to see that. There we go. But, yeah, people sort of forget about it because he'd been away for four years after the, the stinker that was Revolution. Right. And came back with this absolutely fantastic erotic thriller hmm. in 1989. Laughing at the word erotic like a 15-year-old. Look at me. <laughs> how, how ridiculous. Um, yeah, maybe those two. Um, those are the ones just off the top of my head. But, you know, it, it's so easy for me to say something like Insomnia gets forgotten about. Insomnia well. is a great film. Yeah, the, That's the one where it's like daylight all the time, All isn't the it? time. We never get a psychological thriller that is set all the way through the daytime at all. Apart from this year when we got Wind River. Yeah, yeah. Which and, is another great film. Yeah, and, and I'm watching Wind River thinking... This is exactly like yeah. Insomnia, you know. Insomnia's really claustrophobic. Yep. He, he's he's just like a grumpy old man that can't sleep. It's, yes. It's paranoid. It's, that's, a, that's a weird, delicious film. And Justice for All as well. It, it seems yes. to be one that... he plays. A, I saw that again uh, literally 30 years ago. I was at a friend's house and everyone was out and I just saw this video. And all I remember is the big speech at the end in the courtroom. Yeah. And Justice for All! And it's that's a cracking film, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and... It's very funny as yeah. well. Is There's it? a lot of humour in it. There's a moment in it where he goes for uh, a helicopter ride yeah. with another, uh, I, I think it's like a head lawyer or something like that. I'm trying yeah. to remember now. And he's quite drunk. And they end up crashing this helicopter. And Pacino's just sat there, like, stars in his oh, eyes, kind of all completely all over the place. It's very funny. Jeffrey Tambor's in it yeah. as well. Oh, is he? <laughs> yeah, he's throwing plates at Pacino. Oh, wow. There's a really good cast for it as well. Really good cast. Um... Well, what, 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 there was one that popped into my head that, um, uh, which, which one was it? Which one was it? No, it's gone. Uh, I, I enjoyed Phil Spector as well. Yeah. I, I thought Phil Spector was, uh, was, was great. E- even just for the wig scenes. Yeah. <laughs> Alone, but I enjoyed that. What what genius bit of casting. Here's the funny thing about those wigs. Yeah. I interviewed uh, John Piricello, yeah. who played Helen Mirren's right-hand man in the film, and he said great interviews when they went to uh, do the wigs on Pacino, they actually used uh, Phil Spector's wigs, and the makeup turned around and said, sorry, they're too big. They are too ridiculous. <laughs> so they actually scaled them down in the film. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that funny? I remember seeing the first because he does he does actually bear a resemblance to uh, to Spectre, and um, the, the, when I first saw that picture of him with the big bouffant in yeah. the, the courtroom, and I just thought, whoa! They, even if this movie is a stinker, I've, I've, I'm having <laughs> some of this just for that. Se- I mean, I'm fascinated by Spectre. I find the whole thing. Uh, um, incredible. Um, the book is it, the book is a joy, and it's one of those books that I'm I'm going to just dip in and out of throughout. And it's, I think it's, mate, it's a thick book. Again, I, I can't tell you how many pages there are because seven hundred and forty-eight. Okay, well I can work backwards. <laughs> 
You're only charging eight quid for this. Yeah, I know. What's your problem, man? Well, I so just... People people will see that price and they'll think it's... They'll think, oh, it's only eight quid. It's got to be a bit of a stinker. You should, this should be 16 quid. Yeah, I know, but... I, do you know what? So many people have said that to me. I want to give value for money in this day and age. You're a sucker. I know. You are a sucker. So, right, so you've done this. Who, yeah. who, who, what's next? Um, I don't know. Oh. I don't know. The other day somebody said to me, oh, you should write a book about De Niro. I'm like, oh, I don't really want to write about him. He's had a lot more stinkers than Pacino. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's next, to be honest with you. Um, I once, if this is any, I don't, this might be an inspiration to you. I once in one day, me and some friends watched all seven police academies in one go. If you want to do a film about that, I could certainly. I have the complete box set. It's, I love the police academies. And here's, here's something, here's something for you guys. Police Academy 6 is actually surprisingly good. I think it's the second best in the entire, uh, the entire run. Well, I was going to say that I enjoy it. It's not the second best. Third best at, at, at the worst. No, come yes. on. Well, well okay, give, what would you put? What would you put first, second, and third then? Three, one, four. Yeah, four's good. I, no, three's a, three's a stinker. I think one. What, here's the thing about one: it's very racist. Yeah, it, well, it's a fifteen. Yeah, it, but it's all the M word is thrown about. Yeah, and uh, it's a very. You watch that now, you think, "Whoa, this!" They used to show this on ITV in the eighties, and it's now, like, "Whoa, flipping it!" So, the last one, the seven. It's unwatchable. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's all over the place. Yeah, I know. I know. No wonder they stopped. Yes. Maybe there's, it's time to reboot it. There's always... So, I, I saw... Here's, the, here's my... Let me drop a name. I'm friends with Steve Gutenberg. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, I know. And um, he's, al- he's always saying, well, they, they keep talking about a Police Academy 8. They keep... T- he's never... I'm just reminded there was a Police Academy TV series. Yes, there was. He's never done... He's never done a TV series, has he, Pacino? He's done many series. Right, OK. He's done Angels in America. Oh. Oh, yeah, of course he did. With Meryl Streep? Yeah. Yes. I'd love to see, I would love to see, like, Al Pacino. If, if he really needs the dollar, imagine out an Al Pacino sitcom. <laughs> but he's like, he's like old Fonzie or something. <laughs> and he walks on set and there's like huge, oh, yeah. Yeah, but then he's going to get the catchphrase. He's going to get a catchphrase or something. Like it says in your T-shirt, like my producer Catherine does super. Hoo-ha, yay, whoa. That'd be brilliant. Mate, you've got, Mark, you've got to. Oh, throwing pens around. I'm so excited. You have got to make this happen. Now you're asking me to write a sitcom for Al Pacino. (laughs) Well, you do. You know what? Um, uh, David Gordon Green actually wrote Manglehorn for Pacino. Wow. So... Maybe there's something in it. I'm assuming you've sent a copy of this to his people? Yes. Heard anything back? Not yet. Screw him. I'm ever circling, though. Ever circling. I did ask for an interview. Yeah. And the first time he was out filming. Yeah. And I thought, OK, fine, you know, he's out well, filming. you turned up at his house. <laughs> Hello, Mrs Pacino. He's <laughs> is out there. Can I come? No, he's out filming, I'm afraid, love. He won't be back till late. I left my football in the back garden <laughs> as well. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so he was out filming, so I yeah. thought, okay, fine, I'll leave that, I'll wait till he's back. Yeah. And then I knew that he was back um, February this year, because he was going to be on stage in LA. Yeah. So I called them up and said, okay, look, I will do, I'll do anything, I'll, I'll come over to LA yeah. on my own money, yeah. um, Skype, phone call, email, whatever it takes. Yeah. And as to be expected, oh, thanks for your interest, but uh, we're not going to uh, do this. But at the same time, he doesn't do many interviews. Mark, no, I've been, well, as, as you were coming in... I was watching a lot of old, a lot of crap interviews with him yeah. on YouTube, right? Because I was watching them, some for the Danny Collins things, yeah. right? And he sat there, he's bored, he's singing the song, Hey, baby doll. Yeah. Right? He's singing that. And the interviewer, it's, I hate it when you see people interviewing legends like that and they haven't got a flipping clue. 
you could have done a million times better. I could have done a thousand times better. You're right. This is what we're going to do. Okay. Right? We're going to get Al Pacino. Catherine, we're going to get Al Pacino on this show. All right. We're going to get that. That's the look of, of a go getter. That is the look of a go getter. That's a lot of. Uh... <laughs> You know, I mean, that's, that's, maybe a, that's big a task. Maybe that's a shrug of someone who uh, remembers when I said, right, we're going to get Jerry Lewis on this show, otherwise I quit. And um, <laughs> look how that turned out. He died to get out of that interview. Uh, Mark, the, the book is a joy, honestly. Thank it, you. It's so, I'm so glad I bumped into you the other week. Uh, you doing any more of those? Uh, There'll briefings? be some more next year, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Keep, keep in touch. Let us know when they are, and we'll, yeah, we'll give them a plug on the show. It's Mark Serby, S-E-A-R-B-Y. The book is Al Pacino, The Movies Behind the Man. It's eight quid. Honestly, it's eight quid, and it's it's a fat book. So just even if you break that down as to pence per word, you're getting value for money. I think so. And it's and it's a cracking read. Mark, I wish you the very best of luck with it. Thank you. Um, and uh, keep in touch. You're listening to The Late Night Alternative with me, Ian Lee, on Talk Radio. Um, let's have a break. A star cross soapbox for Sailor Boys, oh. Stable Girls, uh, I'm on the end. and Stripper Grands. It depends who you with and it depends on the situation. Late Night Speech Radio with a difference. Thank you. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. I love it. Honestly, it's a cracking book. Although mine's got a dead spider in it. That's weird. Um, so, lot, got sex bot guests coming. Sex bot woman. It's a man. Come. Battlefield base. Um, it's all about the bass. I would say bass. Yeah. Um, so we've been, um, a- 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 excitedly awaiting the Nicky Knowles album. Okay. <laughs> November, I believe. November the 3rd. We're going to have a... Knowles-vember. La- Knowles-vember. We're going to have a launch party on the air, and we're going to, um, analyse each track. Luke Haynes, I've invited Luke Haynes in to help me analyse it, because he's enjoying Nicky Knowles' work. Beautiful. Um, and, and um, um... We we managed to get a snatch, just a snatch yesterday, of a song called An Eye for an Eye by Nick Knowles. Oh, it nearly brought me to tears. Well, um, it was on YouTube a few years ago, a video of him performing it. Um, and then, uh, this is the story I've heard, and I don't know if this is true, but it got so much flack that it was withdrawn from it. Why? I don't know. I mean, why the flack? Here's the thing. You can never delete anything from the internet. Something's on the internet, you take it down, somewhere, somehow, it's still there. And there's a, there's a website called Wayback Machine. And if you know what to type into Wayback Machine, you can, I think you can use it to go and look at Facebook like Facebook used to look like. Oh. In the beginning and stuff. If you know what to type into it, you can go back in time. It's like time travel online. And someone found... An eye for an eye. Now, I, I'm slightly. I, I, I'm not going to. I don't know what to do with the video because I don't want to. I don't want to get in trouble, right? But I have got the entire "Eye for an Eye" song. It's five minutes and twenty-two. And you know what, dear listener? I think you guys are ready for this. Okay, sit back. If you've got a fat one there, spark up this bad boy because this is Nicky Knowles, an eye for an eye. Who 
If only it made us deaf as well. Oh, now, come on, that's unfair. What have you done? Do you know what it sounds like, though? It sounds, it does sound a lot like, um... Remember that? Do you know this song? No. That man sang four notes, not just two. Yeah, there we go. That's uh, Nicky Knowles. Um, it, uh, it's real. It exists. There is an album coming out. That song is not on the album, unfortunately. Just to say, guys, I ain't never going to release an album because I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to damage your hearing like that. Um, sometimes you've just got to know your limits. Good evening, John. Hello, mate. Hello, John. Oh, God, what the hell was that? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that was Nicky Knowles singing an eye for an eye. Moving, wasn't it? Oh, crikey. Yeah. Oh, crikey. It sounded like the crash test dummies. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the crash test dummies meets Leonard Cohen meets Lou Reed. Oh. Okay. Drunk. I, I, I could, uh, by the way, I've got to say uh, thank you to um, both... To- Toby sent me that audio version, so thank you, Toby. Right. And uh, Paul found the original video, so thank you, Paul, and thank you, Toby. It's appreciated. Don't ever play that again because it will give people a heart attack, mate. You don't want to, you know. Mate, when you wait till the album comes out, we're gonna we're oh, gonna deconstruct it song by song. Oh please, you're not gonna do that. I'm gonna invite surely. him in. For, I'm gonna invite him in for a live session. Mm-hmm. But none of you must oh. tell him. If we invite Nicky Knowles in for a live session, none of you must tell him. We take. We got our tongues in our cheek. None of you must do that. No, no, I won't. I won't. But uh, I'll tell you what. You, if you pick me up, because yeah. I'm, I'm actually disabled, would you like me to come in the studio and clip him around the ear hole for it? Um. But when you say pick you up, how heavy are you? Well, uh, well, I, I, I might be. You know, I might want a cab from from Brighton. You say because. I'm not going to pay for a cab from Brighton for a disabled person just so you can attack one of Britain's greatest talents, John. Are you insane? Britain's greatest singers. They're flipping out. God help us. I'm going to leave you on... on the. I'm going to push you through the, the stones on Brighton Beach and, and leave you for the tide to come in. How's about that? Fine, Fine I'll tell you what. I'll probably win the fight because, you, you know... <laughs> you disabled people are so aggressive. I know, I know we are, but we're so good at it as well. Yeah, John, thank you, very, thank you very much indeed. Let's go to uh, Gatford. Good evening, Gatford. Wow. Yeah. That that song changed my life. Has mm-hmm. it? Good, tell us, mm. tell us more. Well, I I was depressed before. Now I'm practically happy. Yay! Because uh, that 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 makes me believe I could sing. Hey, guys, come on! Cause, it's cause so... if if he can do it, I could do it. This is so. Um... This is so uh, uh, easy to snipe and to snigger and to... Isn't it funny we can say the word snigger? Yes. No, do you know what I mean? I was thinking about this the other day. Snigger. Snigger. Because it's it is it's one letter away from a, 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 a terrible, terrible... From the N-word. Mm. Of course, mm. we can't say. Um, but, but yet we can say snigger. It's weird, that, isn't it? Languages are... I'm not saying... It, I, I just think it, it popped into my head because I was listening to an audiobook, and the guy in it, instead of saying snigger, was saying snicker. Yeah, that's the American. Yeah, and yeah. I thought, that's that's not right. And then I thought, oh, and, and then I just went on a bit of a language trip in my head, ma'am. Is that, is that a topic, then? Terrible words that if you change, add one letter, aren't so bad? Well, like, my children find it hilarious when I say ridiculous, because oh. it's got dick in it. Well, you know, there's... Well. Um, I wonder if I can... Hang on a minute. There's, there's one of those in the paper today. Hang on, where's the sun? There's one of those in the paper. Um, I wonder if we can play it. 
Let me see. Let me see if I can find it. Hang on a minute. He hang on for his gat food. You're not busy, yeah. are you? No, no, no. It's nothing well, doing, going on. Uh, what's this guy? What's this guy's what, name? what are you doing next week, Kath, when he's uh, fancying away? Oh, I don't know. I'll probably have to come into work still. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Right. I'm going to play a clip. Uh-huh. Um, and Catherine, you've got to tell me whether we've got to press the dump button. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah, do some producing. So we're going to play a clip. This went out on Breakfast TV. If in doubt, dump it out. Well, you've got to tell me. Dump it. Well, I've not played it. Dump it. I've not played it. Don't play it, then. Right, I'm playing it. Right, so this went out on Breakfast TV. BBC presenter Dan Walker. Oh, no. Oh, Oh, no. Was it Dan Walker? They do these weird videos on YouTube where it's robots doing the news. Mm. What's that all about? Yeah. It's the future. Um, that is, uh, 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 I can't find it. Good. But, but basically, he did what you did the other day, dropped the C-bomb. Oh, did he? Dan Walker. But BBC, he did it on purpose. BBC oh, yeah, Breakfast presenter Dan Walker got tongue-tied and accidentally swore live on air yesterday. Dan Forty was discussing explorer Bruce Parry's trip to Borneo when he said people should immerse themselves in, um, instead of culture, he says... Oh. His co-star... There's no uh, excuse for that. Naga Manchetti, not... 42, was left stunned by his error um, and quickly added that was a mixture of country and culture. But you just did the C-bomb the other day. No, I've I... done it. I've done it a lot. Where you, you, whenever when I was doing the the local radio, because yeah. I would get county and country, yeah. and and if quite often the word county would come up, and I was set to say the word country, yeah. so I would stumble, stumble. St- I remember doing it three times. Boom, boom, boom. County. Didn't um, didn't some bloke on Radio Four do it when he was talking about the uh, the health secretary? Yeah, Hunt. Yeah, Hunt. Yeah, it happened quite a lot. And of course, mm. it happened quite a, 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 a lot. And of course, Nicky Campbell, oh. the the great West Barfield, the, the, what was it? The, the, the Isn't West... it the East Kent? East Kent Hunt. Hunt. That was it. Ooh. And my first job as a newsreader um, in Peterborough, Greater Peterborough, made up place, um, served by Her- Herowood FM. There was a school there called the Dick Hunt School. Wowzers. Wow. Imagine <laughs> hunting for a dick. But the, the great thing about Nicky Campbell, and it's on YouTube, guys, it's also my live CD, Ian Lee Live. Oh, uh, there's only, only 460 copies left out of a, a, a press of 1,000. Um, uh, Nicky Campbell says the East Kent hunt, but he doesn't. He says he says the C word. And the, uh, this is at, like, 6.30 in the morning, and the guest is laughing. Then an hour later, he's still apologising, and he says it again. <laughs> he says it a second time. That's fantastic. Gatford, I'm going to cut you off. Bye, then. Um, oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Good evening, G. Hello. Actually, I was going to say hip, 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 yo, yo, yo. If you're, if you're on a speakerphone, you've got t- ten seconds to not be on a speakerphone. Why? I'm not on speakerphone. I'm in my bathroom. Jesus. Well, it's the only place I can go where I can't hear the radio because my wife's listening to the radio. Well, it's in the tough. Room. You have to turn the radio off. It sounds. Oh, it sounds hideous. It sounds like you've. Right, you sound like the little boy better. that fell down a well. Is that better? Oh, yeah, that's better. Well, I'll pretend yes, it's just. Awesome. To... Right, what uh, do you want? I just, I've got a comment on the, um, Mick Knowles. Yes. Say it. It. Um, right, I'm not going to say this is, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, gospel. However, I do believe the video was taken down at his request. Uh-oh. Because of a lyric that's actually in the, um, the YouTube video. Because... I recall reading somewhere online, his son died. Uh-oh. And oh I recall gosh. reading that a certain lyric yeah. within the song, trolls were sending him... Oh, no, that's not... Me. No, 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 and that's no good. That's no I good. Think... We'll have none of that. We'll have none of that. Was, 
how many children must die yes. before we consider ourselves to be free. Yes. I'm tearing up just thinking about it because that is awful. Yes. If that is true, yeah. if, if the article that I read is actually no, true, no, that's bad. We don't want any awful. of that. We don't want it. We don't want any. No, 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 no. Listen, we, we, well, we're, I, we're having I, I, we're having a joke at the, uh, the because he can't sing, but it's certainly not making any. Uh, oh, of course, yeah. That I'm not saying that that that's the reason you're you're poking fun at him. No, I can't I, find. I just thought that I would. Well, where, hang on. Where did you hear this from? Oh, I, I think I read it online, Ian, to be honest. Oh, fake. Uh, home of the fake news. Exactly. That's why I can't say it's gospel. I can't, I can't say it is the truth, but I do recall... Okay. All right. Well, thank you for flagging that up. Thank that. you for flagging it up. Complete buzzkill, but thanks. Um, Dan, stay there. We'll come to you after the news. I was thinking it'd be nice if we can, if we could come up with just a little bit of fake news and just drop it into the, the pool that is the world and see if it expanded. For a long time, people believed that Christopher Lee was my granddad because I said it once as a throwaway comment, mm. and it became a thing. I'm wondering if we can come up with a thing. Well, have a think about it. Dan, stay there. 0344 499 After 11, I hope you're feeling horny. We're going to have more sex bot talk, guys. Fantastic. I'm Ian Lee. This is The Late Night Alternative, only available on DAB via the Talk Radio app, of course, online at talkradio.co.uk. The name of the radio station is Talk Radio. Talk Radio. Oh, 03444991000. When we come back after the news, we'll speak to Dan and then we'll speak to Phil Bass, who um, owns and I think, he, I believe he sells sex bots. It's going to be a very fruity and adult chat. Across the UK, online and on DAB. The wild man of late night radio, Ian Lee. Of differently interesting nocturnal emissions from a legend of late night radio. On air and off the leash. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Busy old show this evening. Um, later on after midnight, you'll hear the chat I had with Arlene Phillips uh, earlier on today. Absolutely delightful. I suspect a little bit tipsy after a, a late lunch. Um, we recorded it at the Pineapple uh, Dance Studios, and straight away, first story is about Diana Ross being a diva. Uh, wonderful. We'll talk about Whitney Houston, and oh, it's great. Uh, you're going to love it. Um, we're going to talk about sex bots in a second. We've got, we've got Phil Bass uh, from the Dollhouse coming up in just a second. Let me speak to Dan first, because, Dan, you've been waiting for ages. Good evening, Dan. Ian, I am incensed. What, what's, what's wrong, Dan? I grew up in Peterborough. Yes. You were just talking about uh, Peterborough with Kath. Oh, uh, were we? I wasn't really listening. I don't really listen to the words that come out of my mouth, I'm afraid. Well, she mentioned that she used to work on Herowood Radio, the yes. station you can really call your own, 102.7 now, Hearts, yeah. obviously. Beautiful. Love it, love it. She said that in Peterborough there was a school called the Dick Hunt Dick School. Hunt. Dick Hunt School, yes. Now, Catherine, as we know, never gets anything right, she, uh, wrong. She's a trained journalist, and she stands by her facts. So you better have a, a, a tough challenge there. Fair warning, you may need the dump button. It was not called that. Uh-oh. It was called the Jack Hunt School. Thanks very much indeed for calling, Dan. And I, uh, well, Catherine will be fired immediately. Jack Hunt. Wow. There's... <laughs> wow. So we remember the other week we had Aaron on, and Aaron was the gentleman um, who some of you had seen on this morning with um, uh, Philip and Holly and uh, with Samantha, his sex bot. And every day we're hearing stories uh, in the newspapers about how robots are going to take over all of our jobs, including this. They'll be doing this one day. You know, I've, I've heard a lot of radio presenters say, "Well, <laughs> they won't be able to do this." Yes, they will. Of course, they will. This is easy. 
this will be one of the easier jobs for them to take. Um, but the newspapers are um, uh, 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 obsessed with uh, sex bots. Sex bot, sex bot, you're a sex bot. Um, and they seem to be absolutely everywhere. And yesterday there was another story about sex bots. I think it was in the Star. And um, we read it, and uh, I find it fascinating, absolutely fascinating. Um, and one of the people mentioned in the story was a gentleman called Phil Bass, who runs the Dollhouse. Um, and I'm, I'm pleased to have we got Phil on the line now. Evening, Phil. Hello there. How are you? I'm fine, thank you, mate. How are you doing? You're right. I'm good. Um, so, what? Tell me, what what is the Dollhouse? Essentially, it is an online store, yep. if you like, um, and what? we exclusively sell uh, fully articulated, life-size, very real-looking and feeling sex dolls only. No sex toys or anything like that, just okay. dolls. Uh, what's, the, what's the website, uh, Phil? Because I'm going to have a quick look at it while I'm talking to you, if that's all right. Okay, so you have the www. Yes. Dot the yep. hyphen yep. doll hyphen I got you. House.com. Fantastic. Let's just have a little look. And, oh, there we go. We're there. And how long, um, how long you been doing this for, Phil? Not very long. It's uh, just coming up to about two years now. And, um, because these things, they're, they're, they're quite exp- oh, gosh. They're quite expensive, aren't they? Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. They're not cheap. Not to be confused with the old blow-up variety. Do you know those blow-up dolls? Did anyone ever buy them to actually have sex with? Or were they just used for stag weekends? Yeah, they were always a gag. Yeah. I I can't believe anyone actually did that. Um, Okay, so what's what's the cheapest and what's the most expensive? Um, The cheapest, uh, within the dollhouse, you mean? Yeah, 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 of the ones you've got, yeah. Um, I mean, I've I've had some down as low as sort of eleven hundred pounds and stuff. It depends how they come because yeah. we, we get Sorry? offers from the various manufacturers and so. Oh, uh, yeah, um, and the most expensive. If I if I was if I was a rich, lonely millionaire feeling a little bit fruity, what what could I what could I splash out on? Well, I would certainly push you in the direction of Real Doll as a manufacturer, and this will be the one that you've heard about on yeah. the news and so forth. It's a work of art. It's not a mass-produced thing, so it can be very, very unique for you. So if you want a, a specific colour, um, shading on the cheeks, specific colour on the, the eyes, or you might want tattoos or scars or something, they can all do this, but you will pay a lot of money. You'll be looking at about £10,000 at least. That, that, that's, a, that's a lot of money to spend on knocking one out, isn't it? Really? Absolutely, yes, because this is essentially masturbation. It's not yeah. Um, did did you just say you could buy them with scars? Yes, there's all sorts of customizations that you can do. The last request I had for something like this, it wasn't sick. The, what they wanted was a computer game character. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this game character had scars on the face and stuff, so I had to copy them. Oh, okay, right, I see, I see. Um, and is this your... Do you make a living out of this, Phil? Oh, yes, yeah, it, what I do full time. Right. Okay. Because uh, uh, so so how many? You say you've been going for two years. How many do you reckon you've sold then? Oh God. Um, <laughs> well, at, at the start it was as little as uh, sort of five to ten a month, but now we're about sort of twenty twenty five a month now. That's this inc- whole sex robot thing in the media is really helping. That's incredible. Um, and who's who is who's obviously I imagine there's some form of confidentiality, so I don't want names, numbers, and, and addresses. Oh, but but who's buying them? What kind of people are buying them? <laughs> this is the perennial question yeah. that everyone wants to know, and you would be surprised to know just how many normal people out there are buying them. I mean, there are obvious people. There'd be um, 
like uh, amputees from the armed forces, stuff like that, and that you oh. just you understand that. So just supply, and you would expect the main demographic um, of the cells to be represented by these sort of basement dwelling mm. uh, sort of mothers. What, basement what dwelling we used to call the um, the dirty map brigade. Yeah, yeah, or maybe sort of the, the new Uber nerds, yeah. who are very intelligent but never leave home, that sort of thing. Yeah. And so few times I've sold to these kinds of people. You'd be surprised how many times I sell to couples. No. Re- what, what, husband and wife come in and they, they want to get a Samantha to kind of spice up the bedroom a bit. That, that's usually the idea, although it usually ends up getting a bit more involved than that, because if you try to get... Assuming that the couple are going for a female doll, yes, I've sold male dolls before as well. Um, but imagine getting the guy and the girl, and they're trying to agree on the right doll. Oh, that's going to be hard. Well, that's the point of it, isn't it? Uh, um, it these jokes write themselves, guys. So, so hang on. <laughs> are you telling me? And I, that, you've said so many things that I want to go back on. Are you telling me, Phil, that um, you have couples coming in? Is it is it an actual shop? Is it can people come in and see these things? Oh. I've got a workshop. Right. So are you telling me that people come in and, and, and a husband and wife going, she's going, well, no, I, I prefer the French breast. He's going, no, I want massive jugs. That They're actually arguing about the specifics of, of, of the, the doll. Uh, by and large, that's essentially the, uh, the argument that they will have. Wow. A woman will want realistic proportion breasts, yeah. whereas the guy generally wants the Pamela Anderson look. Yeah. Um, you mentioned amputees would... Um, uh, you said obviously amputees and 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 and, and veterans damaged in, in, in physically damaged in combat. Um, why obviously? Because I hadn't considered that a possibility. Uh, be, uh, because amputees can still can still find love and 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 sexual contact, can't they? Oh yeah, absolutely. It just is infinitely more difficult. I mean, just consider yourself with one arm and one leg, and then trying to be the cool guy down the bar yes. to impress some girl. It's it's tricky. Everyone has a thing that they they don't like. It's just for amputees, it's a lot worse. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's um. Yeah, I find this fascinating. Um, have you have you got? But do, do you? Uh, I've, I do don't I partake. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you have your cake and eat it? Oh yes, absolutely. I, I've got about. Uh, it depends on what time of year it is because I, I may sell some on. But I've usually what? got about between four and six at any one time in my personal collection. What's your favourite flavoured cake? <laughs> <laughs> Um, again, it changes, but at the moment, I've got a, a fairly short, very fair-skinned um, San Hui doll. Yeah. Um, and I just like the facial uh, features on it. It's kind of detailed. It's very nice. It has a tongue which you can stick out, which is all very cheeky. And I put it... It didn't come with this from the manufacturer, but I put a pink wig on there. Ooh, yeah. And they give it a sort of modern look, and it looks really, really good. I'm looking at the Sam Hui dolls now. Which one have you got? Sabine? Svetlana? Oh, you're looking for Bridget. Bridget? Bridget? Where's Bridget? Oh, go, go into the galleries. Hang on a minute. Where's... Uh, so I've gone to the San Hui. Oh, well, if you're in dolls, go to galleries. Oh, hang go on a second. Go back up to the menu, and you'll hang see on. galleries and FAQ. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Um, I'm not very good at the internet, as you may have noticed. Right, so I'm going to go to the home... Oh, no, I've, lo- I've lost it now. <laughs> oh, I've lost it. So, uh, home... Galleries. Galleries. Yes. Here we go. And then there should be a San Hui gallery. Uh, and you'll see Bridget. San- the top. Bridget. There we go. Bridget. Let's have a... Oh, yeah, look at that. Oh, she's a very naughty doll, isn't she? Yeah, those green eyes are very piercing. Yes, they are. And I imagine those nipples are quite piercing as well. They look... Oh, they're splendid. Splendid nipples. (laughs) Um, Did you say 
Did you say that when you finish with them, you sell them on? There's quite the second-hand uh, market going on because, of course, they're so expensive, you see. Not everyone can just sort of drop. That's a little bit... Does. That is a little bit... Uh, that's a bit fruity, isn't it, Phil? Oh, a yes. second-hand sex spot? You do have two um, options here because you can have the standard fixed um, vaginal cavity, yes. which is as you would expect, or you can have the removable. So you can take the insert out, as it's called, and if you were to sell it on, buy a fresh one, put that in. And then it's a bit like buying a second-hand shoe, I suppose. But you can clean this down clinically, if you will, and many people do. You can save, like, seven, eight hundred pounds. Here's the thing. I was told by my grandmother, never buy shoes from a charity shop because someone's probably dined in them. I wonder if that rule applies <laughs> to the sex pots as well. You never know, you, do you? you never oh, know. God. So how much... OK, right, this is interesting. I didn't realise there was a second-hand market. So how much uh, How much cheaper is a second-hand sex bot, then? Assuming that it's everything's as it should be, as though it was coming out of the box, you're looking at about 50 60% of the retail and, price. And does it come out of the box? Oh, yes. OK. <laughs> um... And do you, because we had Samantha on the other week with Aaron, I'm, I'm guessing oh, you yes. must have seen that they've got a lot of publicity, and, um... That one um, spoke, and what was interesting was you had to uh, you had to woo her. She, you couldn't just go straight in for for a, a grab and a you know whatever. You had to sort of hold her hand and stroke her hand and stroke her face before she kind of got warmed up. Um, is 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 that becoming more common? That kind of thing. Well, everyone's talking about it, and there's this large rush in terms of who can get the technology in place first. Yeah. Now. Are you, I take it you're aware of the Uncanny Valley idea? No, what's the Uncanny Valley? Well, when you start, say you create something like a human face, yes. as, as they are in the robot uh, industry, you get so close to the real thing, but it's just enough out that it freaks you out. Uh-huh. You can yeah. tell it's meant to be human, but you're never going to mistake that for a human. Yeah. That sort of thing can um, start to apply. Right, OK. Um... We we read stories as well of people um, marrying their sex bots and, and and is there a danger, Phil, that 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 certain types of people might confuse the physicality of a sex bot with with a real relationship? Because it's not a real relationship, is it? No, no, in in, in no real way. At, at best, it's a hollow substitute. Mm. Um, I mean, it it could. However, these people are the people who would be mentally or socially damaged enough that anything could trigger them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Because of what course. I notice is with a lot of the uh, doll owners, I mean, I've been to European doll meets and stuff like that, so yeah. I get to see a lot of the people involved. And it's as though they kind of, they got the doll, yep, it's all very nice, and then they started to notice all the feminine aspects of mm. it. So it's as though the guys actually become a bit more feminine. You'll see them, like, combing the hair lovingly and stuff like that. And, mm. No, that blouse doesn't work. That will have to come off, get another one on. And they're just caring, caring, caring. And I think that's what's missing mm. in a lot of guys' lives. There's, there's no feminine outlet. Yeah. Um, what, what, is, um, what is Bridget wearing at the moment? Oh, just a little swimsuit. Okay, is that is that that's your that's your favourite thing? Is it the swimsuit or the doll? Well, the, the, the the swimsuit on on her. Oh, I did just I got that one because it was colourful and it'll come up well under photography. It's because it must be a fa- it must be a faff because obviously you can dress them however you want want to dress them. Do you, can you do you sell costumes for them as well? 
I do have a few, but uh, size is a bit of an issue because yeah. as, as these dolls are supposed to be life-sized, yeah. well, most of them come from China, so they're not going to be Western-sized. No. But even from, the, from China, they're still a bit diminutive. Yeah. You can get the taller ones now, but um, so that can make getting clothing a bit of an issue. So when I'm getting things like, say, fancy dress costumes or just clothing, I try to buy it from China because they're small size right. and they're smaller. It must be a faff dressing them. What, what are the most popular costumes for them? Uh, Catholic schoolgirl, nurse, the usual ones that you would see in Anne Summers. The ca- the, now, the, is there any danger, Phil? You mean, it's interesting you mentioned the schoolgirl thing, and I always struggle with the schoolgirl outfit. I know it's a, you know it's a bit of sexy fun that people. I always confuse me a bit. Is there a danger that um, what my dad would call wrongens could be buying these dolls and dressing them up as 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 schoolgirls, and not in the kind of sexy twenty-five-year-old woman in a schoolgirl, but actually imagining that they are children? Yeah, kind of going the sort of paedophilic. Yeah, is there is, is is there a danger of that? That it could push someone over there? Yeah. Um, it's very difficult to kind of really envisage the doll as being properly human. Right. Mind you, I'm well-balanced. Now, if I wasn't well-balanced, I may have a little trouble with that. Yes. But I don't see it pushing anyone over. I do see a big push in the opposite direction. Oh. If we were to... It, if I'm allowed to kind of go straight to the heart of the matter. Yeah, get straight to the heart of the matter, yes. Um, yeah, we've... We've got these child sex dolls that technically are available. Wow. I don't believe there's any legislation in place really to combat this. Do you sell... You don't sell those, do you? No, no. no. There was a bit of a question over... There was a 100-centimetre doll, so it's, like, just over three feet high. Tiny, but it's got a massive set of breasts on it. Now, people were buying these because they're nice and light. The ones which are about a normal woman's height... Doesn't sound much at 45 kilos, but trying to lift one of those and manoeuvre it about is really heavy. Yeah. I tell customers, yeah. if you've got a back injury, that is too heavy for you, you won't be able to do it. Yeah, yeah. You need something that's sort of like 25 to 35 max. So the smaller one, you're saying, it, um, the, the, instead, people, are, the, people as, far, as far as you're aware, they're not buying it because it, they want to pretend it's a child. They're buying it because maybe they want to, they're going away for the weekend or something and it's more portable. Uh, absolutely. I mean, you would have trouble with this one. It kind of has like a, an anime type face, so it doesn't even try and look real. Yeah. And the one breast is as big as the head, if not bigger. So it, it's almost pa- Pamela Anderson dimensioned. You wouldn't mistake this for a child, but if you had those tendencies already, you could probably make yeah. that happen in your own head. Um, now, with the whole child issue thing, yeah. uh, I would think a bit of regulation in the industry to say kind of what's allowed, what's not allowed for the public. But if there was a prescription from a doctor or a psychologist or something like that to say, right, I'm going to prescribe one of these dolls, I can get it supplied, you know, government approved or whatever, and then that goes back to the psychologist or whatever, and then it's this, shall we say, well, it wouldn't be necessarily be convicted, but they could then... Uh, Get an if you're, if you're, yes, I think I get what you're saying. That that that, if 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 these dolls prevent, you know, saved a child from from being molested, then yeah. then that would be would be preferable. It's a really, in, we, we, and we kind of talked about this a few weeks ago. Phil, it's a really interesting, um, um, ethical and philosophical um, question. Um, 
So this is your business. What do your friends think, Phil? When 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 you when you what did you do before this? You said you've been doing this for two years. What was the the career before? Oh, um, I'd kind of had a long uh, IT career. Right. Okay. So I when you said to your mates, right, computers? <laughs> no, I'm out. I'm getting in the sex bot business. What did well, they must have thought you were nuts? <laughs> well, pretty much. I initially was just looking for a business model with something that I could sell that was. Fairly expensive, but not too expensive, like a car. So I didn't have to sell like hundreds of them yeah. a week. And then when I, I, I just thought because I'd had a couple of dolls by this point, I thought, well, why don't I get into this? And again, all my friends said, you really, you're going to make a living off this. Yeah. And I just ha- I put enough money away to kind of live on nothing for six months. And within like three months, the business was already making a profit. So. I haven't looked back. They still look at it in amazement. Yeah. Oh, really? You're making a living? I find it absolutely incredible. Um, and uh, am I right uh, with uh, any holes of gold? Is that right with these? Is that how it works? You can do what uh, you want. Most of them. There's, yeah. there's a few that don't. Uh, I mean, like... Well, um, they say no. <laughs> well, no. they will do one to get the AI. Right. But no, some of them don't have... They'll have a tiny mouth. So it's, you can position it for photography, but that's it. Oh, dear. Um, and, um, what does your wife think about it? My wife? Never happened. Oh, really? So, uh, yeah, I'm not saying I'm divorced or anything like that. No. no. no I, 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 I've never been married. Oh, okay. So you've, and you've, do you, if I ask anything too, too improper, then please say, um, I'm assuming you don't have a girlfriend. Do you think that... Um, like dolls like Bridget, the San Hui model, do you think that they get in the way of you having a, a, an intimate relationship with a woman, or have you just made the decision, nah, not going there, not interested? Or in terms of the marriage? In, or just in terms of relationships, sexual and emotional relationships oh, with oh, women? Relationships, I really don't have a problem right. uh, in terms of women or anything like that, because yeah. I, I've had this discussion, I think, it was with a master's student at one point, and she said, is the doll going to re- replace the relationships that you have? And I said, well, a lot of your relationships are actually based on um, speech and body language. Yep. This isn't something that you can really do with a doll. It's like these people who say, I want a sex robot with so much personality or changeable personalities. Well, try having a conversation with Siri. Yeah, Apple God. can't do that yet no. and convince you. I don't think a sex doll manufacturer is going to be able to do it. Here's the thing. We've all, uh, uh, as, as younger men, Phil, we've all had, you know, um, maybe we've we've worn something, maybe we've taken some kind of narcotic, maybe we've done something to enhance the act of masturbation. And at the end, you finish and you look at yourself and go, oh, no, what was I thinking? <laughs> and I just wonder if someone splashes out five grand on a, uh, uh, on a doll and then they finish and they go, oh, no, what was I thinking? Uh, do, you, do you know, I wonder if there's any buyer's remorse. Oh, yes. Uh, I, I mean, I've had it to um, one or two of my customers. I mean, they, they generally come back to me and said, you know, everything's fine, everything's working exactly the way it is, but it's just not for me. Yeah. So then they ask, is there any some sort of buyback that you, I can do for them? What I usually do is I, I'll take a, a whole set of, like, pro photos for them, put it on the website, yeah. and whatever it finally sells for, I'll take, like, a £30 cut or something okay. like that. Okay, okay. Um, give us the website again, Phil, Okay, people want to go and have a little look at that. Christmas w- is coming up. Okay, www.the-doll-house.com. 
dot com. Christmas, say Christmas is coming up. Maybe you, I don't know. We've got a lot of young people listening. Maybe your parents aren't getting on very well. This might and, uh, help I've got things. a lot of pensioner customers as well. Beautiful, Phil. Thank you, mate. I appreciate that. I wish you the best of luck. Thanks, lot. Thanks for the platform. Thank you very much indeed. Always happy for. To, to, I love giving platform. It's what we do here. Um, Martin, stay there. I'll come to you in a second. Really giving me a lot to think about there, um, and I certainly know what I'll be asking uh, Father Christmas for this year. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is Talk Radio. Closing time conversation for tax inspectors, taxi drivers, and taxidermists. Great big talk for the wee small hours. You've been trolling me big time, mate. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. 0344-499-1000 is the telephone number. There's a reason we call this show The Late Night Alternative, and I think you've just experienced it. It's a tough sell. <laughs> I did feel bad for Mark coming in selling his book. And, and Arlene is on later on. <laughs> I did hesitate when I tweeted, On tonight's show, Mark Serby talks Al Pacino, Arlene Phillips talks dance and sex bots. <laughs> Arlene Phillips talks sex bots. That's, uh, you're going to love the Arlene Phillips conversation. You are going to absolutely love it. She was a little bit late, and I think a little bit tipsy. She had, uh, she'd had a lunch with um, Debbie, who runs... Is it Debbie? Debbie Moore. Debbie Moore, who r- runs um, Pineapple Dance Studios, and is a legend. And um, you're going to sort... Kathy's going to go there and do a dance class, and you're going to interview Debbie. Yeah, I am. I had a wonderful lingering hug from Debbie as I let... Really slow... Hug, very w- w- wonderful w- moment. Um, but you're honestly, you're going to love this chat. We talk about Gutenberg, uh, Houston, um, uh, Ross, Turner, and um, Terry Jones from Monty Python. They're all covered. Diana Ross, not Paul Ross. There we go. Exactly. She she did the choreography for the movie Annie. Incredible. Uh, let's go to Martin. Good evening, Martin. Hello, Ian and Kathy. How are you? Okay. Yes, I'm fine. Thank you, Martin. What about you, Ian? Um, okay, thank you, Martin. Okay. You're okay as well? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, yep. This not. Uh, do you mind me talking about a topic that's very discussed, like, but I hope it's not boring to you tonight about global warming and climate change. Please do, okay. yes. First, Ian, can I give my empathy and sympathy to uh, the people in Mexico, Puerto Rico, the Caribbean Islands, Southeast Asia, like, and America, yep. who've suffered... The, the, the flooding, severe yes. flooding, these hurricanes, floodings and earthquakes, and all kinds of yep. horrible things yep. going exactly. on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I want to, you know, I think it's best like before I say what happened to me, before I give my sympathy and empathy to, to the people yes. who have suffered in them countries. Like, well, in 2013, Ian Wright, I got flooded on my property in Birmingham, Bartley Good, right, and I was at my property for one year. Gosh. Yep. It was, it's, it's not it was quite. Good. It's not quite Mexico City earthquake, exactly. but yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, and that's why I like. You know, I mean, I'm not. You know, I'm making no comparison to no. what people like what over there like. So, right. what were you, were you in a, a ground floor flat or a house or what was I it? I live in a bungalow. Right, like, uh, um. you in Birmingham like it's low lying like, and yeah. you know, I mean, whatever like. So, I was out there for one year. You were out of back. out of the house for a year. Yeah, while it was gutted oh, out and repaired. Heck. Yes. You stay in a, what, a B&B or a hotel or something? Well, I had to write a hotel in there, Sebastian Birmingham, like, for nine months. Oh, basically, like, mate, yeah. what a well, nightmare. Well, I had my property, like, and I got... <laughs> how much happened this year in June? 
be flooded again. Yep. Of course it did. If, you, if it floods, if it floods, if it floods once, it's going to flood all the bloody time. Yeah. Well, see, the thing is right, and the council right, Brexit council right, sent me a letter last week. Right, explain to me, like, about this climate change global warming, like, yes. where you live, like, in Birmingham, like, is a low-lying area, like, you know, in future, right, because of global warming and climate change, your property is prone to flooding, right, oh. and if you get in excess of 40 millimetres, two months of rain, like, your property, property is basically flooded out again and again and again. Ay, 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 that yep. is terrible, man. Terrible, like... And you know what? In 2013, uh, I lost everything that was the flood water. It was four foot of flood water from my property, and everything that was touched by that flood water, it just contaminated, like, and had to be basically bunged out, like, in the main. Oh, mate, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, like yeah. and it happened again in June, like, and I was moved back here now, like, and, that, and the council sent me this letter, like, basically telling me, like, uh, where you live in now, right, because it's prone to flooding, like, you yes. know what I mean? But they've included the word climate change and global warming, oh. whatever, like. Oh. So, yep. And I can't get insurance for this property, like, because no. no one will touch the property, like. Of course they won't. Of course they won't, because they'll have to pay out. That's, that's, the, that's one of the great crimes yeah, of the yeah, 21st yeah. century. Exactly, Ian, like, in the main, and, you know. So it's, I, is it a, ca- just, it's a council it, place, is it? No, so what the council, like, have taken the, all responsibility over, like, they've just said to us, like, where we, there's one, two, three, five bungalows, right, they're saying to us, right, you've got to, right, pay for your own flood protection, right, right? and by the way, I'm unemployed, mm-hmm. I admit it, like, in the main, you've got to pay for it, because, right, where you're living now, you've chosen to live there. Well, hang on, so do you own the property? No, I mean, I live in a council property, uh, Right, say that, swing on it, they won't, they won't... Surely it's the council's job then. If it's a council bungalow, surely it's their job to make it floodproof. They says no. They Scumbags. Says, Ian, they says what? Because of the council cuts right, the, uh, all the flood prevention, all the flood preventions in the West Midlands, right? They cannot like prevent <laughs> our properties. I've got let in front of me now, Ian, and I can tell you like if I could away, and he's saying like you, it's your responsibility now. To pay for your your property or to be flood protected, and that will cost us about ten twenty grand. I bet it will. So, hang on, have they offered yeah. you alternative accommodation? Like, have they nope. said you, you quote, we've got this flat that you can move into or nope. something? Nope. Well, that doesn't that. seem that doesn't seem right no. that you've got to pay ten grand to get the, get it flood proofed. Exactly. And what the environment agency, right? I've told the council, right, that these properties where I live now, right, because we live uh, what we live called the River Ree, right? Yes. It comes on as well from properties, like, and they've told the council, right, you know what I mean, that this, these properties are going to get reflooded, reflooded, right, and you should yeah. pay for the, them, uh, the people, like, who want low incomes, like us, like, to have our properties protected, and the council says, well, we ain't got the money. So, um, so, so, uh, the, the future's, um, grim. The future's not orange, it would appear. Nope, Ian. That's why I like it. Now, when I've seen the flooding yep. in the, all over the world, this, you know, the humans, right? Yes. My God, like, I mean, you know, they, it was terrible, but on a minor level, I went through the same twice in well, three no, years. Well, no, I get it, I get it, I, and I, yeah. I, I get it, you know, if, if, if you're getting to, if you're yeah. out of your home for nine months, and then it happens again, and you're out for a couple of months, and then... It's probably going to happen again. That ain't no way to live, is it, Martin? And not, you know. So um, what are you going to do? We need to record a charity single for you. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, we could yeah. do an eye for an eye. 
That's what we could do. Joe, uh... Ian Rock, you know when I was uh, like in June when I got me flood prop chat like before, yeah. I flooded before like, yeah. you know, because right, I was at the property and it got flooded like. One of my neighbours made a video of it like for th- the first seven minutes like, because yeah. it went on for two hours, it's flooding like, it's, oh yeah. god, it's terrible. It, you know right, I could send you that video to to your station to watch after it happened like, and well, it's horrific. Uh, there's no need no, for that. No. There's no need for that, but I appreciate that. Martin, yeah. listen, um, I, I, I wish there was something we can do. All I can say is I, I, I wish you the very best of luck, and I hope, um, well... well I, 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 Ian Wright, yes? Ian Wright, anybody right, Julie Hotley Brewer, or anybody on that station, yes. who thinks that global warming and... Oh, she's a change does not affect people like live in this country, apart yeah. from the broad, yeah. better wake up. Oh, mate, listen, we're all we're all gonna we're all gonna die because of it. I, I, I buy yeah. into it totally, of course I do. Because you know why? Because yeah. scientists have told us, and all these people that yeah. that, that don't they're, they're 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 idiots, absolute idiots, Martin. I'm sorry you're going through that, mate. It sounds like an awful, awful situation. And my only suggestion is you 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 and the other residents you kind of band together yeah. and you keep bombarding the council. It's easier if there is a group of you as opposed to one or two of you doing it individually. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, man. Martin, I wish you the best of luck, All right. mate. All right, thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. What a nightmare for the poor bloke. Horrible. Global warming plus the fact that they're building on everything, so there's loads of concrete but nothing for the rain to soak into. That sounds incredible. Horrible. And the council won't do anything. Outrageous. Uh, are they still on strike in uh, Burp Ming Hum? No. Is that back to normal now? Well, because their strike stopped and then they went back on strike. I think there's still a kerfuffle. I think they're still on strike. Mm. So, when you said no... Well, I don't know. Well, you you said I Dick Hunt we... when it was Jack Hunt. Yeah. Imagine calling a... Imagine calling any Anything. human being Jack Hunt. Hunt. It's just outrageous. Hey! I don't know why I was thinking of Dick Hunt. Is it, it, a name has just popped up on my screen that I've not spoken to for years. If it's the same fella... All right, Ian, yes, don't... Don't like that. Midge, is that you? Excuse me? Oh, no, it's not. It's, I, was, it's, I used to have a caller about 12, 13 years ago. It's all like that. His name is Midge. And it's all, all right, all right in. But, but uh, unless your balls have dropped, um, I would suggest you are a completely different Midge, and I can only apologise. What you got for us, boss? Apology accepted. Thank you. Good man. Um, I've heard rumours that you've been speaking and playing some oh. Nick Knowles music. Oh, it's Midge. We've spoken before, haven't we, Midge? No, no, I'm a first-time caller. I just recognise the voice. Mm. Um, yes, I have. I've been playing An Eye for an Eye by Nick Knowles. I must admit, I haven't heard that. OK, I can play it again. But I'm... Go on, then. No, it's all right. You're all right. I, I am not happy about this. Why is that, mate? He's branching out from DIY yep. and taking the jobs of pop stars that are struggling to get a record contract and a, and a deal yep. to put out singles, and he's coming along and taking... You know, the, the work and the possibilities of getting some labour and some some hard-needed funds for pop stars. He can't do that. And you know what? Mm. I'm, I want to stick it back up him. What? I'm going to... I, I want to make a celebrity DIY programme. Oh, and do you know who I've been in touch with? Go on. I've been in touch with Jimmy Nail. Here we go. Steps. Here we go. This is beautiful. Men at Work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shola Rama. Oh, I thought you were going to go MC. No. Shakademus pliers is on his holidays in Devon. <laughs> um, Stephen Tyler. Yeah. In 
viral carpet fitters. Oh, the car's a bit fresh. Peter Hook. God. The Carpenters. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Sister Sledge. Yep. Oh. Um, Timmy Mallet. Yep, of course. And when I'm trying to put a picture up, I can never get a straight line. That's why I'd call on Rula Lenska. Because <laughs> you know she did backing vocals and I could be so good for you. Yeah. Um, Rula Lenska. You should try level 42. Mm -hmm. And oh, I'm not at needlework, so I'd always call sewing out sister. <laughs> and I'd do it all in Shed 7. Thanks so much for calling, Midge. You're very welcome. Oh, uh, no one uses a plumb line anymore, do they? Miss, I miss a plumb, you know a plumb line yeah, is? Yeah, string with a weight on the end. Yeah, I miss a, good, 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 my dad was always using a plumb line for things. No one uses a plumb line now. No one does anything at home anymore now. I'm the most un, uh, un, I, I am the most un-DIY dude in town. Thank you, Midge. A lot, a lot of thought went into that for about three titters. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Don't forget, I ain't here next week. So uh, and tomorrow's show and Friday show packed with guests. We've crammed in loads and loads of guests. Uh, There's me the other day saying, oh, I don't know if we're going to have any guests anymore. And we've, we've got loads in. But they're, they're, all, they're all good ones, I promise you. Um, so if you want to call, I would get your calls in now. 03444991000. We call you back. My name is Ian Lee. You are listening to The Late Night Alternative on app, online and on DAB. This is Talk Radio. Dead of Night Discourse for Disco Queens. I'm related to Jedward and Dolly Parton. Dairy Farmers aye, aye. and Distant Fathers. Yeah, whatever. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. Doing lots of things that we don't know about, we can't control. On Talk Radio. Yeah, it's great. The next break, I must have my banana because, man alive, I am hungry. Let's see how many, um, how many steps did I take today? Oh, yeah! 10,570! That's 5.1 miles. I walked up 19 flights of stairs. But well then, done. Well, well done. But then on the way in, I, I really fancied a milkshake, so I bought a milkshake. And while I was there, I thought I might as well have a burger. So I just can't, I can't stop, I can't stop eating. That's the thing. That's the, that's, that's the thing, guys. I, I want to be slim again, but I just, um, I don't think I can do Oh, right. So I've got, I've got to tell you, so, so, right. Oh, this is the, this is the story. This is incredible, right. So I went to, and I'm not going to say who it was I spoke to, okay? I'm, I'm hoping they won't be listening, right. So I went to Pineapple Dance Studio today. You'll hear it uh, in a bit to meet Arlene Phillips. And, it, you know, it's a, it's a famous place. And I've walked past that street. It's just off Covent Garden. And I didn't know where it was. And I walked, again, like all of my packages seem to be, it's the, the, the beginning of the package is me trying to find the place. And I found it, and it was great. And um, Arlene was a bit late. So I got shown around um, Pineapple Dance Studios. And I got to look in on some classes and stuff. Incredible place. Absolutely incredible place. And I got talking to someone. <clears throat> and um, one of the classes was using a, a Neil Diamond song, Brother Loves Travelling Salvation Show. And I went, oh, it's Neil Diamond. I like Neil Diamond. <clears throat> and she said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Neil Diamond too. He's, and then we were both going, yeah, Neil Diamond's brilliant. And I said, I was brought up on Neil Diamond. And she said, um, yeah, yeah, I saw a film She said, I saw a film about his life. I was thinking, oh, I've not... And I said, oh, that's... that's I've, not, I've not heard it. She said, yeah, it's quite old. It's a film about his life. And I said, oh, what was it called? She goes, I, I don't remember what it was called, but, I mean, 
what what he went through, um, because his dad was um, like a hard nosed Jewish cantor, and very a very devout Jewish family. And they wanted him to be a priest. <laughs> and I'm stood there thinking, right. And um, he wanted to be a rock and roll singer. And um, his dad, his dad was played by Laurence Olivier. And I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, God. Did she mention that he had to go and pretend to be a black man? She didn't at mention point? that. She's basically describing the plot to the... She said it was an, it was an actor um, who didn't really look like him playing Neil Diamond. <laughs> She's then describing the plot to the jazz singer, the 1980 movie starring Neil Diamond that is in absolutely no way based on his life. She went, such a shame, you know, he, he, his family wanted him to, to be a, um, a, a Jewish cantor and, and he wanted to be a rock and roll singer and he had this young Jewish school sweetheart that everyone thought he was going to get married to and of course he went off to LA and he, he had an affair and a baby and, um, but it was alright in the end because, um, his dad played by Lawrence Olivier came to one of his concerts and I'm stood, and, 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 um, I'm stood there. It, honestly, it was, I wanted the, the, cause I couldn't say, you, you're, de- sorry, you're describing <laughs> the jazz singer. There's a, there's a vehicle for Neil Diamond, starring Neil Diamond. Mm-hmm. Um, and she went into a really detailed description. Went about four or five minutes, and I'm going, mm-hmm. Yeah. I said, wow, that sounds incredible. I'm going to have to look. I keep going, I'm going to have to look that up and check that out. And it was going on and on, and she's describing the flipping jazz singer. Have you seen um, the story of Barbara Streisand where um, <laughs> she's like... Writing, she's writing scripts, and then she ends up in the McCarthy oh. era, and then, and then, oh, it's just so sad. And they have to, they split up, and then there's the other, uh, uh, the second part of her life where she's married to um, Chris Christopherson. It's, I mean, only and, and it was such a nice lady, such an intelligent woman as well. I'm thinking, how, how did, how did you watch that and think it was the Neil Diamond story? Very strange. Brilliant, though. I'm glad you didn't tell her. Oh, mate, I couldn't tell her. And I'm trying to... the thing is, that's never going to come up, is it? No. I mean, never. I'm trying to do a thing now. I'm trying to be more honest with people. And, and knew me. It's really difficult. Knew me would have gone, um, actually, what you're describing there is a movie starring Neil Duncan. I didn't... Because she'd watched it years ago. Would you have told me? I would have told you, yeah. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't have told me. You'd have waited. You yeah, exactly. I would have told you on air. Exactly, of course I would have done. exactly. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. When you've been in conversation, I, there's a few times I've been in conversations. A lot of people used to think I was Ali G. Not a lot. Of f- cab drivers would often think I was Ali G. And I, I got bored of going. No, mate, that's not me. And I go, uh huh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, well, you know, we we get. I don't know how we get away with this stuff. <laughs> in it. Um, Poundland is buzzing with new one pound sex toys. Now I knew about this because. Um, you know who was um, promoting, uh, who was in Uxbridge, promoting one-pound sex toys in Poundland? Oh, I do know this. I'm Dr. Pam. Yeah. Dr. Pam is going to be in Uxbridge, Poundland, celebrating one-pound sex toys. They're crap sex toys. They're the rings you put on your dick and they buzz. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they are. Little, buzz, little buzzing ring on your dick. Well, I'd have no use for that. Well, no, but it it, um, uh, it stimulates the penis and the clitoris. Oh. Poundland is cashing in, apparently. Poundland is cashing in on the buzz from its one... Wouldn't it be very off-putting? Does it make a noise? 
But that also, coincidentally, that's the noise I make when I'm having sex. <laughs> <laughs> but we've got to really focus. I've got to do it. It's like um, I'm writing. I've got to I close one eye and I stick my tongue out. <laughs> really got to focus. By the way, when we I keep saying we're going to do um, uh, um, swear-free shows. When, when I come back from Marrakesh, it's going to be... We're going to... I'll tell you what we'll do. This is what we'll do. Swear-free shows. Uh, we'll have a, we'll have a proper swear jar in, and we'll we'll, we'll keep it we'll, we'll oh, keep it clean. I've got a problem. No, I do. I, I got a bit carried away because when I started it, um, who's the Goldstein? Yeah, told me I could say the S word. I really. know he did. So uh, so when we come back, we're going to have a proper old-fashioned swear jar right there. I'm going to uh, quid every every quid for a dick. <laughs> Stop it! I mean, this is just an excuse for you to say these words. How much for a fanny? Um, have we got... I mean, you very very rarely use fanny anyway. Well, I don't, but... George, you're a fanny. That guy, <laughs> he's obsessed with it. <laughs> That's libelous. Um, you see how many kids he's got? I'm joking. <laughs> he brings his um, one of his boys in. Very nice young man, yeah, isn't he? Very polite. Was he about 11 years old, that They're lad? They're all lovely kids. Very... I know... I've got to get some tips off him because he brings this young lad in. He's 11 years old, really ha- handsome young man. Mm-hmm. Very polite, open, holds doors open, sits there very quietly. My kids are nuts. My youngest has what? turned into a bit of a gremlin this week. Really? Yeah, I mean, oh. we don't tolerate, I don't tolerate, no. um, you know, people throwing tantrums. Anyone in the house is not allowed to throw no. a tantrum, apart from me. But... Um, yeah, proper stomping, wobbly tantrums. Yeah. I, don't know, I won't have it, not at all. Well, but um, what's going on this week? I don't understand it. Um, like two weeks into school, boys. It'll be boys. She'll have um, one of her friends. I bet one of her friends is is going out with someone she likes. She's six. Mate, it starts. It, well, it started. Oh God! And the other one's begging for a phone at yeah, nine. No, stop that nonsense. Good evening, James. Hi, Ian. How are you? Good, thank you, mate. What you got for us? Right. I'm just, um, while I was wondering, if women are allowed, like, naughty toys yep. that are basically a plasticky version of a male part... Yes. Allowed. Why, why, why can't we... And it's not cheating, Kath, despite what you said. No, um, I didn't hang say... Hang on. Let, let Joe, come on. I, I, James is making a really Is this the same point. James as yesterday? What? As did, in... Did we have the conversation yesterday? About what? About cheating. Was that no, else? Um, but you said it wasn't. You said it was cheating no. to use a to use an implement. No, I said. Let, let, okay. Come on, let him. Let's because we're running out of time. Let him make his point. You said. You said if, if you use a, a, a toy as a substitute, i.e., the person leaves and then you. What use is it the, anyway. Let's get to your point, James. What is the point you want to make? Well, why can't we have a rubber hole? Well, you can. And I, I, I think maybe sex dolls are a little is a step too far, but um, I was going to say well. I've tried to make my own one before, and oh. it involved a plastic... It, it was a YouTube t- tutorial. What? And it, it involved a plastic cup and two sponge scourers and, I think, a rubber glove. Now, this caused a friction burn, which I regretted. But for Christmas last year, my work colleague, I think it was a joke, bought me a rubber thingy. Now, is it one of these fleshlights? It was. I think it was a slightly cheaper alternative. These, these are these things that you say. But I've just googled make, I've on YouTube. Make your own flashlight. There's someone who's made one out of a Pringles tub. That works. What's your pop? He's made one out of a. He's made one out of a Pringles tub. Probably the smaller, the smaller version. But um, yeah. <laughs> um, the yeah, it was. It, 
I tell you what, don't knock it till you tried it. I I left it on my shelf for about three months, thinking that's you know joke present. Then one rainy day, yeah. I thought, you know, let's let's have a let's have a go on it. Yeah. Fantastic. What's wrong with wearing a glove like we used to do in the eighties and nineties? It's like having five thingies at once. Wow. Um, oh well, so how often are you um, using that? Well, I broke it. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I think it was overuse, to be honest. But um, it lasted a good two months before it broke up the um, the clitoris. Well, okay. But, well, okay. Well, uh, thank you very much, James. That's um, I've got, I've got to people watch. deliberately misinterpreting what I said. Uh, I think you're just. I thought, or, or maybe maybe he's too busy um, with his Pringles pop. Hang on, I want to see how you make. What is that? What the hell? I don't know what's that bit. What is this? I want to know how to make it. Yeah, you go. A rubber glove and a, a tube of Pringles and some duct tape. Good grief. That is incredible. That, that, look at that. You use a glove. That is incredible. So what they've done is basically they've got a glove and they've um, shoved an inside-out rubber glove inside and then you pull it round so that's your, your thing and then you shove it in a Pringles tub. OK, I don't need the demo. <laughs> I mean, this is another one for the tribunal. <laughs> I've lost my rhythm. Oh, come on, you must be done by now. <laughs> Will you stop it? <clears throat> I'm rolling up a newspaper. Oh, dearie me. Not for that. <laughs> I How... don't think... Just for the record... Yes. Guys, if you could you just... You did say that having sex with a rubber doll was cheating. No, I said if it's... Yes, you did. If it's being used... In secret, instead of, or because you're avoiding having sex with a real person, then it's a problem. You are lying. All right, Jimmy, now I'm lying. Fine, if that makes you feel better, (laughs) sure, I'm lying. Poundland, I'm out of breath now, is cashing in on the buzz from its £1 vibrators by launching a whole range of sex toys for a quid. The collection, sold under the own brand label Nookie, Includes a finger fun stimulator what? and a joy ring. <laughs> Shoppers can also buy a vibrating love ring along with energy boosting supplements and lube. What's the difference between a love ring and a joy ring? The saucy selection comes after the chain's shocking pink bullet vibrators last year flew off the shelves. Well, I would suggest um, not having them turned on when they're on the shelves then. Mm-hmm. Bosses say research shows that the average Brit spends £23 a year on sex toys. They think the Nookie range will appeal to the 68% of women who told pollsters they were embarrassed to go into in shops like Ann Summers. No one's embarrassed to go into Ann Summers anymore, are they? They're, it's on the high street. Everyone goes, I remember when it was a big deal, but... Um, the products will be dis- discreetly packaged, placed out of reach of children and only sold to over-18s. Sexpert Dr Pam Spur welcomed the move, saying... Poundland's the perfect place to spice up your sex life and save pounds. Is she from Ireland? Um, the firm's trading uh, controller, Chris Burns, <laughs> added, Our bullet vibrator was such a big hit, we've now introduced lots of fun toys. 
Investing in your sex life has never been so easy. But not everyone on social media is convinced. One sceptic wrote on Twitter, One pound sex toys at Poundland. Some things are worth paying more for. Hey, if it, if it gets you off, it gets you off, guys. So whatever gets you through the night. I'm Ian Lee. This is the Late Night Alternative, only here on Talk Radio. Talk Radio. Coming up after 12, we got Arlene Phillips, only here on Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. There's a voice that keeps on calling me down the road. It's where I'll always be. Every stop I make, I make a new friend. Can't stay for long, just turn around and I'm gone again. Until tomorrow, I'll just keep moving on Down this road that never seems to end When you adventure lies just around the bend So if you want to join me for a while Just grab your hat, come travel like that's old style Maybe tomorrow, I'll want to settle down Until tomorrow, the whole world is my home so if you want to join me for a while, just grab your hat and come travel like that's old style. Maybe tomorrow I'll want to settle down. Until tomorrow I'll just keep moving on. at the phone number. Arlene Phillips coming up soon. Suddenly very tired. I'm going I'm to get three and a half hours sleep. I have oh. to get up to take the children to school. And then I might get, if I'm lucky, I might get a couple of hours sleep before I then go to a top secret location, um, which is Mike Stock's house. It's going to be great. You're going to talk to him about maybe releasing an album? No, mate, I wouldn't do it because no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an egotist like that. No, your limitations, guys. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. No, your limitations. I went on, on a double walk today. You know, I've been taking the youngest to school and then oh. going for a walk after, like Put the long way home. Banana again? Yes, yes. Right, well, I'm, I went double today. 
And uh, I don't think it's having any impact whatsoever, but, no. you know, walking's always good. No, you don't lose any, uh, don't lose any way walking, I don't think. Jesus, I'm tired. Look, it's all that um, sex talk. Well, it's not just the sex talk, it was the acting out, I think. Uh... So The Apprentice is back. Oh, good. Same old, same old. It got when did the... it start? I don't think it started yet. Uh. Uh, Apprentice star Karen Brady has laid into the show's new crop of girls amid claims that a hopeful Jade English bedded a fellow contestant. Has it started? Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. If you uh, isn't isn't there like rumours every time that yeah. they're, oh, it's just so we get people watching. Sexy entrepreneur Jade, twenty-five. And I'll be honest, she's sexy is said to have had a fling with cocky hunk James White, 26. <laughs> Let me see. Is he cocky? Oh, he looks like an idiot. He looks like a potato. Which one? That guy there. Looks like oh. a potato. While filming the BBC show, they're bunk up. Bunk up? This is written by a nine-year-old. Isn't that how you get over a wall? Comes amid a mass catfight and blazing rows between contestants in the boardroom and during tasks. Yes, we know how The Apprentice works, guys. Mm -hmm. We know. And Lord Sugar Aid Karen thinks the behaviour is embarrassing and unprofessional. Who's... I find just buzzed in those. Uh, she preferred to see them as strong television examples of successful businesswomen amid an ongoing row at the Beeb over less pay for female workers. Oh, God. I mean, really? We stopped believing that this was the cro the crop of, you know, the UK's most talented entrepreneurs about when, six when years Margaret ago. When Margaret left. Yeah. I was on a fl an easy jet flight with Margaret once. She gave us dirty looks because we had kids. Well, that was the thing, the so withering I, look. I, I prodded the children to make them scream. <laughs> Um, she said, in the new series, the girls have a huge falling out with each other, which is quite unpleasant. Karen added, I'm not sure that it's good telly. Oh, did you, Karen? What you mean is, I think it's very good telly. From my point of view, these girls are meant to be setting an example to people all over the country. No, that's not what this is about. Um, uh... What it'll be is what it is every year, which is a load of chances. And maybe one good one. The Baroness teased this year's tasks, including creating a range of burgers. Like they do every year. Contestants also have to put on an event at Wembley, like they do every year. Mm. And go to Bruges, like they do every year. It's the same old, same old. I'll, I'll, I'll watch it from about episode four onwards. Good evening. Oh, we had that Muppet, didn't we? That terrible, terrible apprentice correspondent. Was it Simon? Oh, he was awful. Oh, God. And every time he was a massive letdown. He, he sent out a press release and all that, and he was absolutely pony. Yeah. My mum could have done a better job, and uh, she didn't even watch the programme. I mean, when he turned up, we're talking. That uh, was awful. Absolutely awful. Won't be making that mistake this year. Good evening, Pablo. Hey, Pip, Pip. How are you doing? Good, thank you, mate. Good, thank you, indeed. Very good, very good. Um, just, just randomly, um, I remembered the other day um, I got my daughter to record uh, a couple of uh, interstitials for your show. Some what? Some interstitials. I can't say it. It's interstitials. Some what? Well, I don't even, In I don't even know what it was. If you were saying it, the bits when you go away to break and come back from the break. That's all. Oh, that's like that jingles. I don't. Do you mean you're trying to say incidentals? Um, he's trying to I'll, say, I'll he, he's trying to say interstitials, but... Uh, oh, gosh. Is that and, wrong? And, I, and I'm playing dumb, but, um, 
Uh, well, here's the thing. I, I'm really trying... Because I, I, I find myself saying... We're, going, we're approaching the top of the hour and thinking, no, no one speaks like that on the radio. No one says... No, no one speaks like that in real life. But what time is it? Well, we're just getting close to the top of the hour, so keep it sharp. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to get rid of all of this. I, I, I'm trying not to talk about beds and um, and jingles and... Because it's, it's not... It's not it's, it's not how people talk, is it? It's not how people talk. So you've recorded your little girl saying some words about the show. Well, no, I well, just basically, yeah, I uh, just wanted to see if she could say the title of the show okay. in one go. Um, and she, she did it in two attempts. The first one wasn't uh, wasn't as fluid. Okay, well, um, I'm, well I'm a, I'm a one take wonder when it comes to voiceovers. Just saying. Yeah, what do you want? Do you want the uh, the failed attempt or the more successful? No, attempt let's to... not let's not let's not shame the young lady. Let's hear the successful attempt. Let's have it. Eerie, late night, all so, she, was that a human or was that? Was that that sounded like a speak and spell or a VTech or something? That's just my uh, very well spoken daughter. That's very she's only four. Well, oh, she's, she's very well spoken. That's excellent speaking, Pablo. Well done. Give her a hundred pounds, please. Right. And old turn. Right. Yeah, and take that take that hundred pounds out of her pocket, Pablo. <laughs> Thank you very much for that. Um uh, if you want to send your kids saying stuff, oh, always happy to play that out. Of course, ian at ianlee.com is the email address to um, send your bits and uh, pieces to. Um, there's not really anything on... Uh, say The Apprentice. I don't, uh, there's not really anything on watching, apart from the fact we've got loads of um, uh, Naked and Afraid to watch oh, still. Oh, yes. We um, just finished the first XL, didn't we? Yeah, well, th- no, with the third XL we've just finished. But we've oh. got to watch the... There's, then there's like a reunion episode where they all it's come out. And, yeah, so we're going to watch that. Um, day five I've finished and is just... It's just the ending. It's like, whoa. They, uh, very, very tasty. Um, what else have I been... There's, there's nothing, really. TV TV is rubbish. I enjoy uh, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh, kiddo. Yeah, 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 excellent. There's just been a massive bust-up. Yeah. Again. And they do that thing as well when the series ends and then they get them together for two specials where they sit around and, uh, and chew over the uh, yeah. old, old beef, so to speak. And uh, it's, it always kicks off. It's as if they're prompted to do that. I'm a bit bored. I feel a little bit bored. Um, I mean, we've got um, Arlene coming up, so I feel a bit bored. What can we do for the next 15 minutes or so to entertain ourselves? Um, mm. Let's go to an advert and then we'll, we'll, we'll have a chat. Neon lit night talk for torch singers, trolley dollies, and train wrecks like me. Mm. Never know just where the conversation will take you. What I'm going to say sounds ridiculous. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. I'm trying to find. Uh, it'd be nice to find. We've got 15 minutes, and we'll play Arlene Phillips for 13 minutes. And I'm, uh, I'm trying to find. Be nice to phone up a music request show in the United States and 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 just have a request. Just be nice to make contact with someone over there. Um, so let's let's try this Radio.Garden website, which really is the most remarkable website. Um, and I was thinking, if, if people want me to make more, you know, that hour, the 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 in the dark thing, the lights out thing, where it's like an hour montage of, of, of clips of me surfing the radio. If people want me to make more of those, I might make more of those, because that, that was a fun thing to do. But let's see if we can find your money right now. You just need the right plan, and Financial Peace University is that plan. That sounds a little it's bit a dry. It's KCLI News Talk. Um, 
KBCU 88.1. That's, that's good, isn't it? Here we go. Coyote Country. Thousand Horses. You're from Coyote Country 105.3. Coyote105.com. Low cash in Florida, Georgia line. Just around the corner, Nebraska football Friday. We'll have it for you. Nebraska and Illinois. Huskers, many picking them to be a a winner on Friday night, but not by much. Uh, If you are one that looks at the line, it started out at 7, now 6 and Going to phone them up. This is 105.3 Coyote Country. Nebraska. Studio line, so maybe he's a one man band. Yeah, could be. Think this is what they call new country crossover. Mm. Is that the guy that's on now, Randy? Yeah, yeah, sweet. Okay, we're not gonna get anywhere with that. That's a shame. That but I'm gonna get anywhere with that. Let's just, 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 we've got a couple, we've got a few minutes. Let's try a couple more. I don't want that. Uh, Wyoming Public Radio. Let's try that. On iTunes. Good evening. You're listening to Wyoming Public Radio with NPR News and Music online at wyomingpublicmedia.org. Coming up on the program, the U.S. spends millions each year on social services for yeah. refugees, but that only tells. It's a bit dry. I want like a slightly obscure. Mu- Here we go. KWCR Wildcat Radio. This could be it. Got no idea. I'm just clicking on these things at random. Oh. Oh yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Yes, we are WSU's own non-profit student-run and online exclusive radio station. This is it, specialising in local and indie music in Ogden, Utah. Oh, this is great. But can we contact... How do we contact the show? Um, I like this. This is good, isn't it? Hello? No, let's stop that. Okay. We may get nowhere with this, guys. Hope you don't. Just, just give us ten minutes. What's that website called again? Because it's brilliant, isn't it? Radio.garden. Um, oh, I'm going to go back to that one because there was... Uh... The IRS over 90K. Rush settled with the IRS for only $100. I don't Another know. Client. Boring, boring, boring. That will have America. There you go. KRCL, Listeners Community Radio. Now playing the Velvet Underground, rock and roll. Here we go. But there's no way to phone in and contact them. That's what I'm really after. Um, I'm literally looking at a globe of the of the Earth and clicking on dots without knowing what they are until we get to the dot. Um, 
So, um, what's this? Is this a phone number? No, that's iTunes. Uh, mm. uh, Mormon channel. Uh, let's, let's try this. Let's go over here a bit. Try Capital Public Radio, KXJZ. We get support from the Harris Center, presenting the New Orleans Triple Threat Concert with Soul Queen Irma Thomas, Blind Boys of Alabama, oh. and the Preservation Hall Legacy Quintet. Hmm. Two shows. On air now, it's the, the All Things Considered show. Personalized approach to helping clients grow, preserve, and manage their wealth. Learn more at fidelity.com slash wealth. Fidelity Brokerage mm-hmm. Services, well. LLC. Um, no... Oh, I, I tell you what, los científicos tienden más a hablar de una de una eva de, de, de una eva mitocondrial que de la que nace casi toda, todas las razas. Claro. I tell you what was good. There was one when we played the other night uh, in New York. Did I save that to my favorites? Oh, don't tell me I've, it's deleted. Oh, it's deleted all of my. Oh, because I got rid of all my cookies. Oh man! Because I was getting rid of my cookies because I was looking for flights. So it's deleted all my favorites. Let's, um, well, this may get us nowhere, dear listener, and uh, we'll play Arlene Phillips in a sec. Let's go over to sort of New York, see if we can find something over there. Um, that's not New York. What does New York look like? It might be. Um, what's this? That's Connecticut. What's this? Is French? Yeah. It's nice, The it? sun is shining for us. Oh, yeah. Um, here we go. Shit kicking music. <laughs> Chris Mither. Open his mouth very wide, this singer, does he? You don't need to. So, do I need to go down then to get to New York or up from there? Uh, is that New York? Uh-huh. No. What is that? That's. I don't know. You're going Florida down there. What are you doing? I don't, I don't know. So, where's New York on there then? Further up. Yeah. Yeah, around there. All right, let's try that. That's, not... That's New Hampshire. Quebec, oh, oh. you're in a Canada. going to get uh, Bohemia Radio. I think we're going to get nowhere, guys.
Brooklyn College Radio. Oh. I like to play all this crap. Well, come on, guys, have a phone number. Contact. No, no, it's, it's email. No, I think we're going to, uh, this is going to, uh, give me, let me try two more. Let's try Radio Frisky. <laughs> oh, it's the 80s. I'm having a flashback. No, we'll try one more and then we'll call it a day. Um... Sounds like someone's trying to hack into the Pentagon. Mm. Let's try Radio Free Brooklyn. Now, it was our last try. Uh, like high school. In fact, the world is probably um, very much like high school. It teaches you everything. You know what I'm saying? You have power players, people who are shining way too much for no reason. There are people who are um, who are st- who are stuck. Oh, I like this. And, uh, have no great website go, for RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. see, like you know, saying their power. And oh, then I'm going to favorite this. Peaking and will never, ever, 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 you know, saying uh, like, move up to, um, to a certain um, level again. And then there are people who um, you sh- I straight up, t- I swear, are, um, are like sitting on like just gold and they don't even know it. They're, you know, saying they're just waiting it out, right. which may, um, which is may, right. um, maybe to their detriment. All I'm trying to say is, what the hell is going on at the White House? <laughs> I like this like, guy. Seriously, dude. I mean, yo, think about this. It, you, we, possible, possible, um, a possible war with North Korea. One, you know what I'm saying? In uh, like infighting within the party, uh, within. The- I ain't got time now. The number you have dialed is not in service. Please check the number and try again. I one. I got it. We'll, we'll try. We'll try one more time. We haven't really got time now, but. Um, oh, 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 one, seven, one, eight, nine, two, eight. Oh, yeah. Um, it's on the side. And if she sneezes again, we might all die. Straight through. But first, if we do not die by Mother Nature, there's also, there's always North Korea and, um, uh, 90 seconds. Anybody? Just me? Hey, man, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, too much, too much. Oh. I know, I know, I know. I know. Oh, no, I mean, you can't hear me. I, if I got a little t- too heady over there, like, uh, like what, what, what can I say? My bad, my bad. That's what it is. Can you hear me? Yeah, man. You can hear me? So, yeah, so, uh, so, so Bulls, a shout-out to Jamel Hill. Jamel Hill's, um, an, um, by the way, me. an amazing... Uh, on-air personality. Uh, she's no, on the Sports Center um, six. Um, I believe six a.m. Uh, six p.m. is uh, Michael uh, Michael Smith and Jamel Hill on the six p.m. And Sarah Huckabee Sanders and my man, like, just go sit down somewhere. Is this how you listen like, if you've really, not got a radio? Like nobody. Like, yeah, fix your face, girl. Fix oh. your face. I, you know, I know it sounds. Like, uh, yeah, fix your much, face, I, I just, girl. Uh, fix your Can face. you hear me? I, you know what? I know it sounds like, uh, no. pretty much. I, I just, um, you know, I just objectified her um, just for being a let's woman and everything agree. like that. And I probably fix did. Your face. You know, but at the same time, Seriously. no, like, let's, let's all agree. 
Sarah Huckabee. Sarah. Oh, somebody, Sarah Huckabee, not you. Seriously. Maybe you need the the appropriate. Well, that was weird. Well, what do we'll, we'll give them a call tomorrow. I've got I've I've, I've got it saved in my favourites. Radio Free Brooklyn. That sounds like could be there could be some um, some interesting people there. We'll have that. Um, oh, sorry, Rashid, I missed you there. We'll have to come to you another time. Let's go to the break. Moonlit musings for mums, madams, and meat packers. Oh, never mind. I must have misheard. The late night alternative with Ian Lee. The station's brilliant. On talk radio. Well, dear listener, um, um, yes, um, we're coming to, uh, 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 the, uh, third interview of the show. I say tonight, tomorrow and Friday, we are crammed full of special guests. I love Arlene Phillips. I met her briefly years and years and years ago. You turn my computer thing off. Thank you, uh, Sam. Um, uh, 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 and we both forgot when we said today, we both said, oh, it's so lovely to meet each other. When actually I remembered this afternoon. Oh, no, we did meet uh, uh, on this morning once. Um, you will, of course, know her probably from, um, uh, what's it called? Strictly Come Dancing. And, um, but she's so much more than that. I was reading up on her. She did the choreography for Annie, for The Meaning of Life, for Whitney Houston, uh, a couple of, for, for I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston. She did the choreography for that. Private dancer. Bettina Turner. She's worked with everybody. She has led. An amazing life. And I didn't say this in the interview, but the way she was treated by Strictly Come Dancing, I thought was absolutely atrocious. You know, one of the most talented, knowledgeable people when it comes to um, to talking about dancing and choreography. And, she, and, you know, she got treated abysmally. She's funny. She has a very, very wicked tongue. And she's doing uh, a live tour at the moment. And um, I thoroughly recommend, uh, like, like a sort of an evening with type thing. <laughs> And uh, I thoroughly recommend um, you go and see her. Um, so sit back, relax, enjoy um, my conversation with the absolutely fabulous Arlene Phillips. Arlene Phillips, legend, dancer, choreographer. Pineapple Dance Studio, legendary dancey studio. No idea why I'm speaking in one-word sentences like that. I'm just trying to sound... Um, uh, music. Anyway, I'm in London at Pineapple Dance Studios, and it's just off Covent Garden. I, I've, you know, I've walked down there a million times, and I've never seen it. I'm here to meet Arlene Phillips. So I've just got to work out how we um, how we get in. I am aware that the majority of my pieces, um, I mean, basically trying to work out how to get into buildings and um well I, I, it's the style that i've become famous for here's a door i'm not sure if this is the right one let's have a look have a good day hello these are the dance studios where's where is the where are the dance studios oh this is it? Oh, I see. No wonder yeah. I couldn't find my way in. I know, I don't even go there. They took a week to put the scaffolding up. We're getting a sign made. Oh, good. So, so where are we? See down that video. Yes. See where those kids are outside? Yeah. That is the entrance. Brilliant. The Thank you very much. There we go. Well, I told you. <laughs> I told you. Well, I've walked past it a million times, and it turns out I haven't actually walked past it once because I've never been down this street. Um, right. Some dancey people. Here we go. This looks more like a dance studio. Excuse me. 
Here we go. Hello, I'm here to um, interview Arlene Phillips. I'm Ian Lee, yes. Is she... Well, that's a good question. I believe it's here. Well, that's why I'm here, so I believe it's here. Let me have a look. Let me. Uh, talk radio. We are walking up stairs. Talk radio now. Yes, just doing a late night show where we have a load of weird callers and um, wonderful, wonderful guests like Arlene. And, uh, what time is the show? 10 o'clock, 10 till 1. Perfect time for nut jobs. We've had a tour. Oh, hello. hello, my dear. How lovely to see you. Um, You're right. At last. At last. It's taken yeah, a long time. Yes, it has. We've oh, got there. Yes. Do you want to actually sit? Where, where do you want? We can sit here. Where's good, for, where's good for Debbie to do it for us? For, I mean, uh, where does she want us to be? Here. 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 Fine. Absolutely. Yeah. We're here. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Great. I tried. I am pressing record. Press. Press. We are starting. Arlene Phillips. Yeah. How lovely to see you. And you. I'm so excited about meeting you. I love you, I love you, I love you. I think you're brilliant. Let's get that out of the way. How, what are you up to at the moment? Um, I'm on tour. Yeah. I'm doing a show called The Glitz, The Glamour, The Gossip. Nice. And it's sort of the story of the many lives that I've lived. Yes. And, and the various genres of dance I've been involved in. And... Uh, few saucy tales. Give me the gossip. Let's get straight in. Give me the dirt on someone, please. Um, the dirt on Diana Ross. Yeah. Oh, yes. Call me Miss Ross. Yeah. I was making a music video, Chain Reaction, yeah. and um, we were informed that everyone had to call her Miss Ross. Wow. And the brilliant, brilliant director of the music video, David Mallet, went, we've been told to call her Miss Ross. We don't have the time. So he said, come with me. And he knocked on the door and he just said, oh, Diana, Arlene and I will not be able to call you Miss Ross. We have to call you Diana because we're going to be so busy. And why use two words when one will suffice? <laughs> I just thought it was classic. Well, when you're working with someone like that, who is famously a, di you know, a diva, yeah. does she, do people like that take instruction well? Do they defer to your superior knowledge? Um, slowly. Right. Particularly with Diana, because I wanted to do things, you know, sitting on this um, underlit glass box and, and, and actually do some dance where she was sitting and, you know, what we call release and contract. I have to say that you are doing the movements while you're describing it. Yes, I can't help no, it. I, know, I talk dance and I'm off <laughs> like a rocket. And... Um, and it, it was a slow burn, you yeah. know, it really, really did take time. But by I, probably like 9pm, when we were out in the freezing cold doing these <laughs> exterior scenes, she warmed to everyone and everyone on the video and all the boy dancers yeah. and, and things completely changed. It was a massive turnaround. I think with a lot of these people, quite often it's the, the people around them that kind of cause the problems and the stars themselves generally... 
you know, pretty decent people. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. I mean, with Whitney Houston, her manager famously wanted the choreography to be um, not derivative of anything that had gone before. He oh, wanted it be, to be hard. new, to create something for Whitney. Yeah. And, and she, was, she just wanted to kind of just do happy-go-lucky <laughs> steps, you know. And eventually, again, everything takes time. Yeah. It's all about trust. Because I started doing very different things with her. And then gradually, you know, she wanted to do some of the steps she was familiar with and things she knew. And gradually, you know, as time went by, it all became okay because her manager trusted me, Whitney trusted me. And I think it's about trust and it's building up the trust. And sometimes on a music video, when you're shooting just for a day or two days, it's a bit fast for them to instantly trust you. What song did you do with Whitney? I did um, two, How Will I Know and I Want to Dance with Somebody. Yeah. I didn't realise that. Yeah. I love Whitney. Have you seen that really sad Nick Broomfield documentary? Oh. Isn't it heartbreaking? Heartbreaking oh. and brilliant. Yeah. Such a sad story. Such a really, really sad story. Yeah. Just lost. Quite, uh, quite extraordinary. Yeah. And and I remember when I was first working with her, she was very sweet, very shy. Robin was with her yeah. and really took great care of her. And they had a great simpatico, a real trust of one another. And and it was remarkable, really, how shy mm. and and. I think Whitney really felt that she'd just been catapulted mm. into stardom. She was, she was a kid. She yeah. was a kid when she became yeah. a huge star. Yeah. And, and it sort of came from nowhere. Yeah. Um, she just exploded into the public eye. But incredible. I love working with her. Tina Turner, private dancer. Oh. I love... I, I was going through your CV today. It just reads... It's such a joy to read it all. What was she like? Oh, she... It, is absolutely and was amazing. And um, we were in the Rivoli Ballroom, and the Rivoli Ballroom at that time, the sort of famous, you know, of old, where all the ballroom dancers would dance, you know. Um, and it was falling apart. I think there was asbestos dust, and it was a mess. And we wanted it to look kind of old and a little bit um, falling apart. Yeah. And it certainly did. And there were no real dressing rooms. It was just a bit of a curtain, and the loos were appalling. But <laughs> Tina sat around with the dancers. We all had little boxes to sit on, yeah. you know, well into the night. She was as sweet and as warm as mm. can be. And, of course, she loved dancers. Yeah. She absolutely loved them because, you know, she'd spent many years dancing, and she knows how hard it oh, is yeah. and what a difficult profession it is. And she was lovely, really warm and sweet. You look at Tina Turner and you do think, oh, I bet bet she's a really good laugh. I bet she's got a filthy laugh on her as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big, roaring laugh. But, yes, fantastic. We've got a mutual friend, Steve Gutenberg. Oh you know the God. fantastic Steve Gutenberg. Stop the music! You can't stop yeah. the music. I, I saw. I, I know him because he's the nicest man in the world. He came over years ago to do pantomime, maybe yeah. ten years ago, yeah. and I interviewed him. At the end, he said, "Hey, do you fancy going out for dinner one night?" Which I thought well, that's a weird thing for a Hollywood star to say. And I went, 
yeah, okay, Steve, here's my number, thinking he'll never call me up. Yeah. Next night, he called me up. He said, right, where do you want to go? And ever since then, I can't get rid of him. No. I was in New York a couple of weeks ago, and he, he followed me there. Yeah, it's, he, he is absolutely warm yeah. and wonderful. And he was studying at dental school while making the film of Can't Stop the Music right. with uh, village people. The brilliant village people. Very camp, over-the-top, wonderful film. I think, I think that it won a prize for one of the worst musical films ever made but at least it got an award you know yeah got something but yes i mean trying to make the village people straight and you know trying to kind of get this so-called serious story and alan carr the incredible producer who also produced the film of greece was absolutely crazy and wild, and he flew me in a private jet for the making of YMCA to get all the best, biggest, strongest wrestlers, swimmers, divers, um, and we went all over to all the colleges to pick out the best boys for the YMCA film. You just have to fly around the country looking for hot guys. Uh, yeah, exactly. I have some photographs of them, because everywhere I went, the wrestlers or whoever would come out and I would do photographs with them. Yeah. And, of course, it was um, also starring Bruce Jenner, yeah. now famously Caitlyn yeah, Jenner. Was that your first movie that you did? Um, yes, it was. How did you get? How did you get? You grew up in Manchester, is that right? How did you go from there yeah. to doing movies in Hollywood? Well, um, funnily enough, I created a dance group called, a dance group called Hot Gossip. Of course. And when I first um, started Hot Gossip, they could not get a job on television. We had a one night a week gig in a club called Monkbury's on German Street, mm. and. For three years, I really struggled. I was, you know, taking home all the costumes and washing them, and it was hopeless. And all the producers saw the group and said, no, too, too sexy for TV. <laughs> and then sexy. a director saw one photograph in a magazine called Ritz, which was the Fashionista magazine yeah. of the time. And Ritz magazine said, get me Arlene Phillips, get me a hot gossip. I'm going to be working on the Kenny Everett video show, and I want them on the show. And so everyone thinks we were an overnight success. Yeah. But we weren't. However... All the best overnight successes take years. Years, years and years. But, of course, Mary Whitehouse, the so-called protector yeah. of public morals at the time, complained about these dancers with, you know, suspender belts and lingerie on television, and it wasn't good for the, you know, for the eyes of young people. And we made front-page news. Yeah. And Olivia Newton-John came to see the group and said to Alan Carr, she knew he was making a film called Can't Stop the Music, you have to see this group. Wow. He saw Hot Gossip, and the next thing, I'm flown to Hollywood. Thank you, Mary Whitehouse. Thank you, Mary Whitehouse. How was, um, because, yeah. listen, Hot Gossip, you know, as a, as a young lad, thank you very much, let me just say, um, what was Kenny Everett like? Was, did you get to spend much time with him? A lot of time with Kenny. Um, the minute the camera turned on, outrageous, Funny, humorous, yeah. daring, would would do things no one could imagine somebody doing. Cameras off him, sweet, shy, really? gentle, retiring. Yeah, yeah. Even a different stance. Yeah. Even the even even physically, he would change. Isn't that funny? Really, really extraordinary. There were two sides of Kenny. Yeah. 
Love Kenny Everett. Love him. He's a big inspiration. Yeah. Um, I didn't know you did Annie, the movie. I went to the pictures to see that. When, what, what year was that, 81? Eight, so? No, that was 82, came out in 83. Okay, yeah. yeah. I went and saw that. that yeah. must have been incredible. I mean, yeah. that is an iconic yeah. movie. Uh, absolutely. I mean, it's still in, you know, kind of number one yeah. film, most watched and on television around the world. It's, yeah. it's on so many times a year. But actually, funny enough, I, I, you know, who would have thought I would do Annie because I was known for the sort of sexy dance, but Ray Stark, the producer of that film, saw the big dance numbers in Can't Stop the Music and he yeah. wanted me to make the film of Annie with the legendary... John Houston. Yeah. I mean, That's how incredible. does a girl from Manchester get to work with there, director say, of Africa? There must have been moments. Were, were there moments when you went back to your hotel room just thinking, what the bloody hell am I doing here? I flew Concord with John Houston. <laughs> I flew first class um, to San Francisco when I was working on um, Can't Stop the Music. I mean, it was uh, private jets. It was, it was another world, yeah, yeah. another world that suddenly I was experiencing this life that I didn't even feel belonged to me. Yeah. When you're doing a big dance routine, like the one in Annie, how do you come up with it? Is it are you kind of... You, I, I, when we're talking, you're constantly moving, you're doing the legs and the arms. Is, yeah. that, are you, is that how you work it out at home? Yeah, I, I start at home, I work physically, then I go in a dance studio. But... But, but people work in very different ways. I mean, on Annie, um, John Houston really gave me the freedom to do what I wanted in Hard Not Live. Wow. You know, we, we had the set design built, and he just said, you know, get the kids, do whatever you want. Um, and that was amazing. But I also worked with the Pythons on Monty Python's Meaning of Life. I say, yes. And yes. I worked with um, uh, Terry Jones, who was directing it, and he and Michael Palin had written Every Sperm is Sacred, yeah. and Terry Jones had drawn every single picture of what he, what he wanted to see in that number and with underneath it with the lyrics or the bars of music in between. Gosh. And he had the complete vision. Yeah. All I had to do was make it dance. Yeah. So, in a way, the camera shots were drawn, um, and I had to create the choreography for, you know, sort of nannies in prams. And Was that harder than having the freedom, or was it, or was it, was it easy having that tight framework? I think as a choreographer, you are ready to adapt. Right, okay. You are ready. Your mind is set yeah. when you're working with a director of what they require, and you just go to work in a different way. Yeah. Um, that, that Monty Python film is hilarious. I remember uh, buying that on video when I was 14 or 15 and watching it, and then that Every Sperm is Sacred song came on, and I sat there with my mum, and she just looked at me and said, Ian, what is this filth we are watching? <laughs> I got told off. Yes. That's, oh, that's a brilliant... I mean, that's a brilliant routine, a proper old-fashioned yeah. dance yeah. routine. In there. Yes, and when um, they did the reunion in... Um, 2014 at the O2. Yes, they asked me to come back and yeah. and and do the reunion and recreate everything. I saw the behind the scenes documentary on that, and that again, that must have been. I mean, they were in their late sixties, early seventies, yeah. but but still able to go out and do a three-hour show. Absolutely, absolutely, every night, and it's very special because really, it's the last time they'll ever yeah. perform together. Again, you know, more sadness. Terry Jones, who's just one of this country's funniest people I'm, and I'm... greatest minds. Yeah. I mean, an academic. Yeah. You know, and which also proves that there is. 
um, no way of beating Alzheimer's. You yeah. think, how can a brilliant brain stop thinking? Mm. But it can. What's brilliant is I'm really into my 60s music, and I've got two little boys... And we've been to see, I've taken them to see the monkeys, taken them to see the beach boys. We're off to see the zombies on, on Friday. And what's interesting, I love the zombies, yeah. is, and you're talking about Monty Python, is the number of acts or performers in their 70s now mm-hmm. that are still going out and doing huge shows. The Beach Boys do a three-hour show, you know, and two of them are sort of 75 and 76. Um, I, 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 I don't know, I'm not, don't know where I'm going with this question, but... Um, I just find it amazing that, that, it, it, that I, th- I find it quite inspirational that people in their 70s are still going out there and not doing that thing of sitting down on a chair and, you know, s- still Time. giving everything. No, of course. No. Still giving everything. Yeah, I'm one of them. Yeah, I know. And, uh, and the thing is that age is a really funny thing because I never deny my age, but inside... You know, I don't feel right. the age that I am, the age that's set for somebody over 70. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm still working all day, every day, travelling here, there, everywhere. And I don't feel that my body is failing me, my mind is failing me right now. Who knows what will happen in the future? Yeah. And I think age has become much more about the way... You want to be at that age. Yeah. Now, some people want to retire early, and they're and they're not happy that people aren't, you know, wanting, um, you know, people are wanting to retire later or whatever. Everyone needs to have a freedom of choice, mm. you know. And maybe if you're doing the same thing all day, every day, you want to escape it. In my life, and you're talking about some of the other people you mentioned, the big groups. Yeah. They're doing something different every day, yeah. so every day can be an inspiration. Are you still you're still choreographing things? What are you, are you working on anything at the moment? Well, um, I have just finished reworking Starlight Express with Andrew Lloyd Webber. Oh, oh. It's 30 years old in Germany next year, yeah. um, having its 30th birthday. It's 34 years since Andrew wrote the musical, and now we're looking at it for an audience today and so I'm busy working on that and you know thinking the return of Starlight Express a lot of fun you strike me as a very glamorous lady I noticed on the table here a press cutting of you I'm very good at being a total and utter slob you come on you that's been made up for the express I'm telling you that that is no I know you bet the express doesn't always Tell the truth. You should see me on a Sunday really? in my cosy pajamas, <laughs> surrounded by newspapers, a cup of coffee and a piece of toast, sitting on I my I bet bed. you're a glamorous slob, though. No, 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 no. Total slob. <laughs> Total. Utter. Uh, finally, the tour. If people want to find out where you are, how long does it go on for? Where's the best place to look? Um, the tour, we finish on um, the 20th of November, but they can go on ArleneLive.com okay. and look for the glitz, the glamour, the gossip, Beautiful. and it'll tell you where we are. Oh, have you done a book? You should do a book. I haven't done a book. I did a show last night, though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I was in Wimborne last night, you see, and I was up early this morning, well, well, getting back at one o'clock in the morning. Look at me. <laughs> Arlene, I love you so much. I think you're fabulous, and I, I thank you so much for, for finally. It's taken months <laughs> to out. sort this out. but very busy. I know you've been busy. It's not criticism. Thank you so much, my dear. I love you. Yeah. And lots of love to you, because I think you're great and anarchic, oh. and, and I love the bizarre. <laughs> well, you've come to the right place. Yeah.